Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Daily Combat Podcast. It is Hollywood Matt Connolly here with the double bicep. It is, and the contract is a legal requirement. If you didn't get your copy, please email us, and we will send one out to you. Uh, my co-host, co-founder, co-pilot, as always, the, the winner of the Dave Stockbridge of the Year Award, uh, except for those early years in the 90s when you did uh, lose it to Vince Ronaldo Vince. and Vince Colosimo as well. He stole one too. Two, two years in a row. That's right. It was yeah. it was good uh, area for Vince's, if your name was Vince. Uh, it is, in fact, Dave Stockbridge. And <laughs> our special guest today, somebody who inspires me, who has been uh, at, on a tear in terms of content production. Uh, this man is an absolute superstar. Uh, it's just until the general public catches on to his talent. He recently hosted the Over the Top 2 arm wrestling tournament in the Gold Coast with Larry Wheels. Uh, has an incredibly strong mental outlook and is an inspiration for anybody he has a very colorful story an interesting past uh, of characters and and careers and uh has definitely served as an inspiration for myself so it is in fact the aussie arm wrestler jake ward welcome to the show hey ready bang very <laughs> very excited uh to be on the show big fan if i must say sober self-love what you guys are doing and yeah so once i got the got the call up and said you want to come on the show it was a big absolutely name and time and date and let's uh rock and roll so very keen uh to have a chat with you guys love what you're doing fantastic jack so we we now know you as this big famous arm wrestling influencer <laughs> commentator talking to the the greats of the sport and the up and coming basically on a daily basis now, but it wasn't always this way, Jake, where, 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 where did this, where did this burning ambition come from to ditch the nine to five, to walk away from the daily job and to uh, elevate yourself into the world of sports influencers? Well, yeah, I still, I still get a bit weird when you say like sports influencer and, and famous and things like what, that. What, what, do you have a title you prefer? Ready, banger. I, I mean, it's up to you. Whatever you your, like. Your I'll Excellency. I think it's your Excellency. It's arm wrestler. No, it's just that it's all been a very, very humbling experience ever since the first time uh, I whipped out a video on social media and never, uh, 90% of me never thought that it would get to where it is. But 10% of me went, this is where you need to be and you need to be getting bigger so it was it was always like anything everyone has a journey everyone has a has a story and the behind the scenes stories are sometimes usually better than the end product so the, it all started the the Aussie arm wrestler uh, persona it all started with uh, uh, it actually was going in a different direction I just pulled at the 2019 national tournament uh, in Federation Square. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do a journey from one national tournament to another. And that even bored me thinking of that. Like, <laughs> that bored me. But I didn't really know what else to do. I knew arm wrestling was what I needed to do. I knew I had a, I knew I had something. So I was like, okay. Did you think you I could go make... pro as an arm wrestler? I, I did have aspirations, but then when it takes me three or four goes to get up off the couch and your body's riddled with arthritis and everything, it's like <laughs> I might be a pro arm wrestler something. And I don't, but I don't yeah. think it was a it was a competitor. 
And so, yeah, so from there, the journey went and I did the whole social media thing and I'm there at training and I'm like, oh, let's whack a camera here and film ourselves training. And I was like, cool. And it wasn't until uh, one of my brothers, the, the middle brother of the three, I'm the youngest, and he was just like, dude, why don't you commentate? You've commentated your whole life. You watch sport all your life. Whatever sport you're watching, you'll give your own analysis, subpotness, abuteness. I'll even make up stuff. Like he was just like, you, call, <laughs> you love calling the action. You know, you love calling the action. And and I am very technologically challenged. So I was like, <laughs> oh man, I don't have any of the equipment to do it. Bear, no longer than two minutes later, I'm at work and I get a, a 30 second video of Paul Lynn versus Paul Talbot from WAL. And my brother just went, yeah, I did this while taking a shit. And it was him. <laughs> it was him just doing a voiceover. Ooh. It was just him going, uh, yep, yeah, oh, and Pauline's going to come in with a hook and watch out for the top roll, and that's the pin. Check out more videos here. And he just showed me how to do that. So I was like, oh, we're on. We're on here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it's that easy, that... So where, where did you get this natural kind of uh, mind for analysis and the ability to be able to take what's in here and, and get it to come out of here? Oh, I come from a long line of talkers, both sides of the family. And when you are the youngest out of all of them, you got to learn or you miss out. So for me, it was like my <laughs> mum and dad are awesome and they're just talkers. And I think they're two of the most funniest people in the world. And then I've got two brothers and I think, they are hilarious. Uh, ironically, the middle brother is probably one of the best talkers I've ever met. And I'm glad I've, like, he's my brother. So, uh, like, cousins and aunties and uncles, both my mum and dad had massive, massive families. And I'm right. So, it's a talking end. lineage here. Yeah. <laughs> it's a talking lineage. Oh, yeah. most people. Stilling get... over generations. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Most people get genetics with like massive shoulders or be able to be six foot five. We just have <laughs> iron lungs. We can go. We can absolutely go when it comes to talking. And yeah, and that's just oh, well, I'm going to tell you, like, no one else would be able to get on the stage and do a performance like you did at Over the Top. You were absolutely phenomenal. The entire day, I think it was like the 10-hour day of nonstop commentary, this man put put everything into everything, kept everything interesting. There was matches going on left, right, and center. And you were able to commentate like it was, it was uh, you know, the, the, the pristine, the, the ex- excellence that you showed on that day was just uh, amazing. It was, it was like you, the, the energy level started at 10 and stayed there the whole day. Yeah. But it does sound like your brother probably could have done a better job. Yeah. So, uh, can you oh, get him no, next time? Not a chance. Not in armrest league. <laughs> nah, not in armrest league. He could. He he's very good at at selling, and he and he helps me out uh, a lot of the time. He might watch something, and he goes, "Hey man, what you know? I, I watched your last podcast. He goes, I, 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 instead of saying this word, say this word, and you know, mm. or if I do something." He'll he'll watch it. He'll go. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. That that's because he's more. He's into sales. That's his full time job. He provides for his whole family. He's done it for 10, 15 years, and he's quite good at it. So it's hmm. very good. You know, sometimes you know, like brothers, sometimes something he says just might not <laughs> hit the part hit the mark in the arm wrestling world. But hmm. yeah, no. When it came to over the top, I was in my element. 
Uh, 10 hours wasn't enough. I absolutely, I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Live on pay-per-view, uh, I had the best seat in the house. I was allowed full access to the stage. Four tables all just surrounded me. You know, I looked like that girl on the on the Pornhub cup on, on Pornhub couch, you know, <laughs> with all these arm wrestles behind. I absolutely loved it. It was <laughs> it was a fighter moment, and I was really. I mean, you can't you can't please everyone, but I was very very uh, humbled by the end of it. Uh, not only the people at the event, but the people watching home. And even a week or two later, people still letting me know, uh, letting me know that it was. So, so that'd be the biggest of the biggest event to date. And and what what led to that opportunity? So it just the, just the whole growth of this. The the first yep. the first time it all happened, we ran a Melbourne Cup twenty nineteen Melbourne Cup tournament and. The gentleman that usually does all the brackets, uh, Julian Beckett, he couldn't make it. So I was like, show me how to do the brackets. I want to help. We can't just have the same person refereeing the same. So back then, I wanted to do it all. And this was before it was either uh, or I just started filming. And I I looked around and we were there. We had some matches and whatnot. And I was like, no one's like grabbing this by the ball. So I was like, I'm on. This is, I'm on here. So I just. Time to shine. Yeah. I just naturally became the host of the show. So I was like, oh, we're here. We're, we're in a pub. It was like 2019 Melbourne Cup. Here we go. Next to the table, we got these two. And when I was handing out the trophies, you know, I'd, I'd do my little spill. And so, so you, Andrew, you filled, the, filled the vacuum. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you, but and, you were able to. But you're able to also acknowledge that there was a vacuum. Seemingly nobody else had filled to this uh, to this time. Oh, I have a sixth sense for that. When there's an opportunity for someone to take the stage, if there's dead air, um, I'm all over it. That's my sixth sense. So, and I'm all about... <laughs> it's your superpower. About, yeah. I'm all about creating opportunities, not not waiting for opportunities. So yeah. I was like, because what's, what's the worst thing? They get, the, the people running in the event are going to tell them to shut up? Cool. That's okay. That's fine. Yeah. So then afterwards, Andrew Lee, uh, the who pretty much runs Victorian arm wrestling, he was like, at the end of it, he was like, you are hosting every single event we do. And because no one knew I had this talent. I was just some guy with spaghetti arms on the table. No one really wanted to take me. <laughs> so then, yeah, he sent some footage to presidential Phil, Phil Rasmussen. And then I was going to host with Travis Bajant. And I hadn't even, I'd maybe done one podcast and, Wow. And, and he was big pushing. He was like, get Travis, but Travis needs Jake that we've got here. This guy from, from wow, Melbourne. That's, yeah. And so we're talking about we're all-time forward. great talkers, Travis Bajan. Oh, Travis Bajan is one of the best. One of the best storytellers uh, to come across. Mm. And I watch him and I study the, the way he tells stories as well because I'm always willing to adapt and, and learn and, and alter what I do. Like when most people go to the Usually gym. drunk storytelling from Travis, isn't it? Uh- <laughs> and he, he, he does it well. And then with everything that had led on, yeah, uh, Phil just rang me and he's like, we we need you at the, the biggest event. Uh, how can we get you here? And we had a chat. And yeah, of course I was... I was going to come. Of course, I was going to grab the microphone in any capacity. And 
I think. Uh, so we we worked out a plan, and after a few uh, after about fifteen minutes into the tournament, he just said, "You do." You do your thing. <laughs> I'll take care of some other stuff. And Here's the range. It's funny, it funny that actually the first time that I saw you arm wrestle, <clears throat> because you, I'd, I'd seen so much of your commentary stuff and your videos and everything else, and I was like, oh, I think he might also arm wrestle, <laughs> but I don't know if he does. But I'd never seen any videos. And then and then there was a match. I was like, oh, here he is. He's actually he's actually arm wrestling. And I think you won as well. So, wow. yeah, it was like, well, there you go. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's there's been... A, a bit of arm wrestling. Like there was a stage where I felt like I was progressing well and getting relatively strong. But then I had about 18 months off. Uh, personal circumstances, just like everyone else in the world. We had we had some not the great news here in, in the Aussie arm wrestler household. And that was my family always take priority. So the, the training stopped. But in, a, in an essence, it was almost a blessing because it allowed me to really find what my niche or find what I was good good at in the commentary, in the hosting side of things. Because during that that 18 months where I wasn't really training, well, if my wife was a uh, you know asleep or something, I was able to search for some arm wrestling. Oh, oh, I'd love to call that match. And then I, I was able to go to a quiet space or I even sit in the car. Some of the early matches that I call on uh, Instagram are uh, just sitting in my car so I wouldn't wake up uh, my wife and mm. just screaming in the car. And I was like, I was, yeah, one take, throw it out there, and then I could go back and, and keep an eye on my wife. So, yeah, the <laughs> the, the building up, the progressions, uh, it's 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 quite quite fun, quite humbling. There's certainly some some interesting stories. And do, do you remember the moment when it, it it became possible or where it started to dawn on you that this could be your Full-time gig? Full-time, no. The Full-time moment, Aussie arm wrestler. Yeah, so there, there's, there was a couple of couple of key moments in there. And the, the first moment, I think it was like my third or fourth match ever calling on Instagram. And I was doing your analytical one. Oh, yep, and Dave Stockbridge comes to the table and he's pulling Hollywood, Matt Connolly and... <laughs> And there they go, and, and Dave, if you watch here, he's gone in for a hook, but Matt has noticed the fingers are gone and watch him top roll to win the match. And then I was like, oh, See, it's like he's seen his arm wrestle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and people were liking it. And then I thought, well, you can't get banned for swearing. Now, I don't swear much, but I thought people find it funny. And then I think it was the fourth, the third or fourth match, I dropped an F-bomb in the middle of the match. And then it, <laughs> it just exploded on Instagram. And everyone was like, oh, this dude's hilarious. And everyone's tagging each other. For a stage there, people thought I was Aussie Man Reviews. And I, I used to spend uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of time saying, yeah. no, no, no. I was going to ask whether you won in the same person. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, people were sharing all my videos and they're like, oh, man, this Aussie Man Reviews guy's like, I think he's an arm wrestler. He knows, like, because the terminology I was using. So I had to keep, like, surf on the internet. And I was like, we're two different people. It's okay. More than one Australian is allowed to commentate and do voiceover yeah, videos. It's we've, okay, guys. Check the rules and it says. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was one key moment. And then I remember doing a – so three key moments. The second one was I remember doing a podcast with Jeff Hale. 
And he was sitting there and he's like, man, my wife and I, we, we get on the couch every night and we watch your video. So, cause I was doing it every <laughs> single day and they're like, and, and wow. we rewatch it. So when you've got like 10 videos there, 15 videos, we play them all and we have a laugh while we, while we have a drink before we go to bed. And I was like, <laughs> well, wow, like I'm watching this guy on TV and he's watching me as well. So that was, <laughs> that was a real, real game changer. But when it came to the the full-time aspect, there, there wasn't a moment where, where I thought I could make this viable. What had happened was I had a beautiful woman that backed me. So mm. I was working and uh, circumstances arise and I had to change jobs and I was enjoying what I was doing, but it was taking up so much of the day. It was an hour to drive there. It was a 10, 11 hour day. And it was an hour to drive home. Sometimes, you know, I'd have my grumpy pants on and my wife would call me out. So then it was, it was, it was my beautiful wife that suggested it. She went, why don't you just do this full time? Let's see what happens. So back then I was making $30 a week. And she was like, we, we can do it. Let's, you know. We can live on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're, not, we're not big spenders. You know, my wife is working full time. Uh, she's on maternity leave at the moment. So she was like, look, our financials are solid. We're in a really good position. Uh, the time is now. And That's I'm big time. on just having a crack. Because what's the worst thing that's going to happen? I'll go back and find a job. But at least while I'm working, like if I went back and got another job, at least I can sit there and go, you know what? I gave it a go. I gave it a fair go of having this full time. Now we're coming up to three months and there is no chance. I can't go back to work after doing this. Three, <laughs> Don't three ever months. go back. That's one of the best <laughs> moments I've ever seen. I love it when people are able to do that, when you're able to take a chance. And that video you did where you put the keys back on the table, you're like, I'm done. It's out. I've finished. I'm going for my uh, my dream, what I want to do. Uh, I, that's one of the best things I've seen on the internet ever. And uh, that's why I was like, this guy is uh, my hero. I think, you know, <laughs> and anybody who does that is, uh, you know, I want to see more of that. I love when people take chances. I want to see you do it. I'm a, yeah, I am doing it. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm here right now. <laughs> I should be asleep. I've been up all night. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's how it all starts, man. Like the alarm sets off at, at 2 a.m. because, you know, someone overseas has agreed to do a podcast with me. Uh, you know, and I'd been handing them for, for months. So you, you make time, you set your alarm and you're just trying to trying to wake up because the, the internet is very, very hard. The internet's very, uh, you guys would know, you know, you can, have, you can have the best quality content out there, but if no one's watching it, it's not going to pay the bills. And, and that moment there where I filmed and I said I quit and I did a bit of a, Maybe a little bit of a clickbait thumbnail, but you know, I'm not big on that, but I did I did nah. do a little one. The what <laughs> made it reassuring for me was the response from that video. And my phone went nuts. The first person to call me, I couldn't believe it. The first person to call me went so that video was live for three minutes. Was your boss? Ron Barth. <laughs> Ron Sorry, Barth called me. Ron Barth was on the phone. Oh, Ron Barth. Like, really? Wow. Yeah. wow. That's yeah, awesome. He, he was like, 
he, he's like, hey, man, uh, uh, I'm here with Angie. We almost strangled you. We almost strangled you because you can't leave our spot. Like, terrible Ron Barthax, and I don't know how he talks. But, yeah, he was just like. <laughs> oh, that's so being clipped. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, he was like, yeah, there's no way we can't have you leave the sport. And I'm like, this was like at one stage, the second best arm wrestler on the planet. A legend, hmm. a living legend of the sport. He, you know, and he's like, I, I still tell people off because I, I gave Ron the nickname Ron Bubble Bath. If you guys have seen my videos, anytime, anytime I introduce him, he comes on the show, or anytime <laughs> I mention him or interview him, it is always Ron Bubble Bath. And, you know, we have a side bet. Anytime I mention it, I have to buy him a beer when he comes to Australia. <laughs> But he's told people off on other shows. If anyone uh, tells him, you know, if anyone goes, oh, Ron Bubble Bath, he's stopped people and he goes, no. And then he goes, the arm wrestler calls me that. Wow. So it's little things like you know that. You've made so it when, then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then he rang and he's, and, he's, and he's just like, man, whatever you need, whatever you need, uh, let me know. Money. And I was like, cool. Well, you just got robbed in East versus West too come on the show and talk about it. He's like, done, give me a time. And so wow. I just quit. I just, and then, you know, Ron and Angie's on the show and I'm able to spend more time and, and produce content. And sometimes it doesn't, it just doesn't work. Like today for a huge example, I spent like four or five hours on a video, making it, trying to do a, a fun little edit. Video goes like three and a half minutes and no one's watched it. So it's like, all right, back to the drawing board. But yeah, the the response from the arm wrestling community when I gave it a go, uh, I still get messages and I still get uh, phone calls and the the response. You know, I don't like to use the word like inspiration or things like that, but it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool when people say it. They're like, "Man, I would love, I, I would love to do what you did," and it's pretty cool being known you know, temporarily as the guy, hey, man, he, he he filmed it. He went and quit his job. He went and quit his job. And I didn't have massive numbers. I had like 2,300 subscribers, which in my eyes was like huge. I was making $30 a week. And, yeah, so I was like, I'm on. Let's give it a go. And I'm bit my whole life, everything that I've done is just give it a go because – Two things will happen. It'll work or it won't. Mm. Well, I, I've certainly used you as an example, even to my own son, as, as, as a story of inspiration. So, uh, mate, you know, there's, there's obviously a plenty, plenty of eyeballs uh, on you and enjoying your, your journey. Then, so how long has it been now where you've been full-time Aussie arm wrestler, YouTuber, influencer? Six months? Three months. months. So three months. It three was, months. Only I, three I months. Three months to the day. I'd have to check out that video. I believe it was the nineteenth of February. It was around mid February, where yeah, well, literally, right. literally went to work and then like I slept on it a couple of nights. And you know when you when a beautiful woman gives you such like the words you want to hear, you got to let it sit mm. for a while because it could be a trap. You know. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Go, go have yeah. a drink with your friends at the pub. Go on. Go have a drink. Yeah, go on. Quit yeah. your job. Quit your job and be full-time YouTuber. Go <laughs> <laughs> but so my wife had brought it up once and she'd brought it up twice and then she'd brought it up again over separate occasions. Third and time you lock it in. 
Yeah. Well, you don't get you don't get that don't many get opportunities. And considering, <laughs> I told you to do it years ago. <laughs> yeah, <didn't it>? yeah. <laughs> but not only that, like the kicker of why I think it's it's like, and why I'm even more determined to wait make it work, because we were twenty four weeks pregnant with our first child, and during then, my wife's saying. Let's not take this guaranteed bulk cash. Let's build on this little cash a week. And yeah. and let's see where you go. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. We've got each other. We're on. So, yeah, at this stage, three months in, I feel invincible. Whether one person watches or a million people watch, I feel on. I feel ready to go. I feel like I've got a niche market in our awesome sport. I've branched out in other sports, combat sports as well that I feel like I can uh, infiltrate into that as well. I just, yeah, I, uh, you know, I don't want to dethrone anyone. I don't want to sound like I'm up myself. I don't want to degrade anyone else or any, You're you know. You're the best of all time and everyone else sucks. But, <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like I'm... Uh, <laughs> I feel like I'm the man the at the moment. Ever. I feel like I'm the man. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that's Ugh. thanks to my beautiful wife. She she just makes me feel like like the man. And then when the, the, the internet community, you know, just come in droves whenever I'm doing anything, yeah, you can't help but not feel like you're doing something really good. When, when you were streaming the other night, um, there was the the Paul Gallon boxing match. Mm. And I think I jumped in quite early on your stream. There was still the undercard that was happening. I was able to, to write in the chat and get a couple of responses from you because it wasn't blistering along. And then I sort of went and did some other things and I came back about I don't know, an hour and a half later when the, the main events had sort of started. That chat was flying. No time for Matthew Connolly. No, 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 well, hey, and I went, oh, well, I'm fair. I'm gonna, I know where I'm not wanted. But um, oh. but no, you couldn't even read the messages. They were just, there was so much support, so many people in there watching the event with yourself. So I think it was really quite clever that you jumped on that and figured out that, hey, I don't just have to be an arm wrestling commentator. Like, People like watching yeah. me and what I my take on stuff. And, and is that a matter of you identifying that the arm wrestling demographic is also a combat combat sport demographic, or or is it this is just your interest? This is what you'd want to. If you had the time to do it, you would just be doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I love all sports. Like I, I mm. even love lawn bowls, the Westminster Dog Show. <laughs> like I'll watch anything. I love any sort of sport. I love learning about new sports. It just instills with me. And I sat there and the, the whole going into another realm of sport came from when Eddie Hall boxed Thor. So I thought mm. I'm going to do this because – Eddie Hall was originally going to pull in WAL. Um, Hapthor boxed Devin Larat, who is, you know, instilled into our sport. So I was like, I'm just going to call it. It's two YouTubers. It's two very well-known people. And a couple of other people, I think, tried, like, in the arm wrestling world. But I, 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 I was very fortunate enough to win that day. And I had, at one stage... Just under 5,000 people watching me live. And it wow, wasn't a pay-per-view as well. It wasn't a pay-per-view. It was free. Uh, the, mm. the the fight was free. So, then, <laughs> yeah, so then I was like, okay, yeah, you have to now 
expand. So I've done three boxing events. I've done a UFC event. Uh, I've done basketball and the NBA finals are coming up soon. So I've just got to try and fit that in the schedule to call as many. And and the one thing that I've thoroughly enjoyed and and been able to go, that's not a bad thing. So when these people that have never seen what I do before come from another sport, they've stayed. They haven't just watched, stayed for a week, unsubscribed or ended their membership. They're like, oh, man, yeah, okay, I, I get this dude. Yeah, this wasn't a one-off that we've come across him. This dude's the same all the time. He, You know, he just mm. goes about it. And sometimes when I'm doing my streams, you know, I'll get a Hollywood Matt Connolly, but then I'll get like one guy's name's Drunken Boxing MMA. And, you know, <laughs> and he's come on board and That's a lot also of people me. <laughs> <laughs> well, your burner accounts are making me look good so I do appreciate it yeah, everyone's coming on board and, and they're staying they're like oh my wife and I just somehow like with the Paul Gallon thing I was trying to read some comments they're like yeah I don't know how we came across this but we did but we're on we we love you we'll watch everything you do and it's like that's pretty cool alright <laughs> those, those, that that chat was scrolling so fast. You you literally couldn't read it. If there was that much, then that many people in there and that many people writing comments, it was awesome. So, yeah, it was, so that's obviously one of the highlights so far. And and the recent over the top tournament in Queensland to to date biggest event that you've emceed and and, uh, and and I guess so. And what's been the 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 flow on effect of of that event? It have has that opened you up to an even greater audience now uh yeah a little bit i think it i think it just reaffirmed me in the oceanic area so yeah uh that's just reaffirmed they're like oh yeah i've seen this guy do some podcasts and like oh hang on you know this guy can go the the biggest store that it's probably opened is the relationship with larry wheels that that's been phenomenal like larry doesn't do many arm wrestling podcasts in fact he yeah uh he's slowly doing a lot more now Uh, i've seen him jump on one or two more but i've only ever seen him on one other arm wrestling podcast in his two years and then the second podcast ever saw him on i was hosting it so opening the door and it was just another another angle so uh i told Larry and Adam, on the day of Over the Top, I said, this was purely an audition for you. I want to be <laughs> at the of the table. I, I, I made it known. And, and they had mentioned that that my name gets brought up and, you know, whether it's worth, you know, getting me over. But, they, but uh, that and then having them on the podcast and they show the range that I can go. Like, I can be up and about. I can be your hype man. But I can also do a podcast. We can have a bit of fun. I can ask you. I can ask you proper questions, but I can also ask you fun questions to lighten the mood. And yeah, they didn't. Mm-hmm. They didn't ask for anything. And Larry, Larry, and uh, Adam were great, and they always keep in contact now. So uh, I featured heavily, which helped my channel a bit. So Larry whipped out. I think it was a 14, 15 minute video on his channel about his first arm wrestling tournament and I feature on there twice and I probably take up about five minutes. So a third of his video, uh, it's me. 
you were on that day, man. You you hit it out the park for sure. Uh, I I was in the room when you met Larry. Um, or you said hello, and it was just instantly, straight away, bang. You were right there. The, I could hear your voice. You were boom, 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 boom for five, six minutes straight. And I was like, yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> but it yeah. was flying. You were, you were, from that point on, it was like you hit the ground absolutely running. And it was the whole day. It, you couldn't have hired anyone else in the world that would have done a better job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I just, for me, because what had happened was I was standing there and I, I was mean, just really. Available, yes. <laughs> if your brother's not, then. Hey. Yeah. If your brother's not available, yeah. I'm the second best. But I, um, <laughs> Yeah, it was just cool. Like I was standing at the the tables, I was just loving it because I love the movie over the top. Like oh, I froth it, I watch it all the time, and so <laughs> all I hear is a ready bang, and then I turn around and it's like he's called my catchphrase out, and he's called me. So that's why I went over, and he's just standing there, and we spent about forty five minutes together. Like he could have. Just gone, all right, I'm going to go say hi to everyone else or I'm going to go do my thing and get some photos. But he didn't like – they both didn't want to leave. And I was just (laughs) – yeah, we were just jaw-jacking. And, yeah, for me, once again, I created that opportunity. I could have just done the two minutes. Oh, yeah, Larry, you know, you got got to get on with your day and, you know, good luck and everything. But I was like, no, man, this dude might not ever come back. Uh, He's the – uh, arguably the biggest name in our sport. He is subscription-wise on, on YouTube. So I had to take it. I had to let him know that I'm, you know, whether I'm a, a co-host, uh, whether I'm an MC, whether I'm a commentator. Uh, I wanted to make sure that when you run King of the Table, you need the Aussie arm wrestler. That was my That was my goal when meeting him. And I just wanted to show him that I'm exactly the same on camera, as I am off camera, like I'm just, I'm always in a good mood. Do you think he had soft hands? <laughs> he did. He, uh, that, that was one of the like, oh, not one of the first things I said. Oh, when we gripped up on the table, I was like, "These are soft." He's like, "Oh yeah, I, I use moisturizer," <laughs> and I was like, "That's call cool of you to admit." Oh, I, did, I didn't care. It was nice. <laughs> not rubbing my hands against strong concrete calluses and things like that. So I was like, "Yeah." Awesome. And we sat there and gazed into each other's eyes and it was beautiful. But they were they they were big pillows, that's for sure. Yeah, it was strange. I went to show his hand, but I was like, you know, excited to meet Larry and it's like, hey Larry, nice to meet you. And then I I I didn't react to it, but I was like, hey, his hands were the softest hands I've ever felt. <laughs> Old velvet hands. Yeah, it was. It was <laughs> 10 times softer than it was like putting your hand into a cloud. It was kind of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Someone that's bench pressing hundreds of kilos. Yeah. You're not expecting. Yeah. You're not expecting to just grab his hand and then caress it across your own face. Like, then go, oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's nice. That's nice, Larry. Uh, how, do, how do you think he went with his performance on the day? Exactly how I predicted it, and I have it on video. Exactly how I predicted it, called it. If he had, so I predicted he'd go top five. Now, if he had pulled the match, like if his match with Ryan was the next match, he would have finished top five. It was only because he pulled before Mario Matuangi. 
So it, so in my eyes, he still right. he still finished top five. It was exactly how I thought it was going to go. He was going to outpower the lower the lower end because he's 129 kilos thick, so <laughs> he could just rely on power. But then when he came up to that echelon, when it came to arm wrestling, uh, I knew he was, regardless of the size of the person, I knew he was going to be out arm wrestled. And and it was shown once he went up against Mario Tambakis and uh, Ryan Bowen. And, and how much of a coup do you think it was to, to have Larry Wills there? I think it's a huge coup for the sport. I thought it was a huge coup for me personally. Four over the top. Yeah, yeah, I would say it was a huge success. It was great to get it there. I and would have what, done what would have the event looked like if he wasn't there? I still think the event itself would have been massive. Uh, a yeah. lot of us just itching to arm wrestle. Uh, a lot of a lot of people that were dying to meet Larry, I believe, still would have came to the event because the majority of them yeah. jumped on the table. It was great. It was great that we got him. It was great. Uh, I can't do that, but I, I think my not that I have the best business brain, but I would have attacked things differently. Now I can say that sitting from the outside, I didn't have to organize anything for the event. So sometimes things can slip or you rely heavily on other people and Phil and Tom did an outstanding job. That was 11 out of 10 top notch, but yeah, it was, it was great. It it was definitely great, but like anything, you can always do things better. And how would you do things better? I, I would have just lent on Larry to promote the tournament. Help us help help you. You know, I would have asked yeah. I would have asked for just a couple of short two minute videos on his YouTube, sharing mm-hmm. the the link and everything, like he did a podcast uh, with myself and Ryan, like before the event, and there was just so much going on. Uh, Larry's presence was fantastic, but uh, you know, I would have. Yeah, I would have lent on Larry a lot more. Like, you know, during the event, could you just go live for 10 minutes and say, hey, get the pay-per-view. I'm about to pull my first match. The open class is going to come. Here's the pay-per-view link. And that would have helped us more. Larry and Adam, don't get me wrong. Larry and Adam were phenomenal the way they treated everyone. Larry was unreal, making sure he spoke to just about every single person in the room and every single person get their photo and pulling on the after tables and everything. Yeah, they were fan- they were fantastic. But of course, when you've when you've got someone with two point three million subscribers, mm. if you can get on their channel, of course, it's going to do a lot more business than my five thousand channel and someone else's six thousand channel. But yeah, I would have, so, I would have asked. Let's say hypothetically, uh, it, it, Larry had done those things. Do you think it's more valuable to have a, a Larry Wheels or somebody of that stature and following at an event than maybe even some of the the great arm wrestlers? He, yes, yes, he's his social media following is unbelievable. So yeah, it, it, it can be. It's like if you're running a boxing event. You're getting Jake Paul at your event. 
Now, he's the first person on your list. Not the best boxer, but if you mm. are promoting and if you are wanting to sell pay-per-views, you've got to get the hottest thing. Larry never pulled yep. in a tournament. That was our that was our niche. Not only did we get Larry, but but he yeah, he'd never he'd never been in the tournament. Now, big names are wanting to come over, but if you go down and say an Ermi's Gasparini come over, that's great mm. for us arm wrestling lunatics. But yeah. average Joe, who's probably got the Saturday afternoon off and he's looking to spend 10 bucks and sit on the couch and have a couple of beers, he's not paying the $10 to watch Ermi's pull in a tournament. So, yeah, yeah he was, he would. He would almost be second or third on the list to to get to your event. Hence, why the success that we had in Australia. He's now a guest at East versus West on the weekend. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. You know, the follow on even for him from from an event like that when when it's executed really well, um, he's proven to be a fantastic ambassador for the sport as well. Oh. One of, one of the things that Larry did that I re- – sorry to cut you off, Jack. Um, no, yeah, that he did was when he first got into arm wrestling and he decided he was going to have a match, his, his opponent that he picked was was Schoolboy, mm. who's actually a fantastic arm wrestler. And it's like – I think it was it was such a, a clever move that, that Larry did that because he wanted to show these sort of – well, if, if you were into arm wrestling, mm. you knew Schoolboy was going to destroy him. Yeah. Um, and but it was it, it created that uh, ability for the outside for the mainstream audience to go, oh, Schoolboy, oh yeah, yeah, he's wearing a Mickey Mouse t-shirt and he's got a backpack and his glasses and stuff. Oh, Larry should crush him, you know, yeah. Larry, this hundred and thirty kilo muscular giant, the gorilla guy, um, who should be able to destroy this, uh, you know. Um, uh, schoolboy character, yeah. Um, and obviously, schoolboy just toyed with him, but uh, yeah. you know, that that was so clever of Larry to do that. In terms of, I know he gave it his best shot, he wanted to win, but uh, the fact that he wasn't scared of losing and he didn't just pick somebody he was just going to crush, it was like, I'm actually going against somebody really good. And from the outsider's perspective, they think this guy's not good, mm. but the insiders they all know that this is this guy's a, a killer. Um, so he, he put himself in a position where he wasn't afraid to to fail. And I think that was really clever. And I really respect that he did that. It was the perfect opponent. It was the it was a masterclass of business 101. It was the perfect opponent. So it was a man at that stage, I think it was 1.7 million subscribers. He is now being able to collaborate with someone with I think at that stage was just under a million subscribers. So the swirling effect, they both got like between two and 500,000 subscribers of each people. It was never going to hurt Larry's brand by losing. It was never going to because it's a strong man who's been training for a year having his first super match against a, a young quality opponent who is now an under 22s world champion. So schoolboy has been training and, and lifting heavy. I thought it was brilliant. I thought the way that they do it, it was brilliant for content creators like us because you chuck a thumbnail and do it properly with Larry wheels and schoolboy. You're getting those bonus views normally that you wouldn't had. And I got a lot of uh, promotion and things from that by being able to talk about it and explaining 
who I think is going to win and why and and blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, I thought Larry hit the nail on the head with that one. So so in between these big events, and you're obviously giving all of these things a, a great deal of thought, what, how, did, how do you work your week out? And what, what, what does your content mix come from? Is it just a, a constant evolution or, or is there some uh, some things that you're doing every week that, that uh, are now staples of your of your of your activities um how how do you now take what you've just learned and now apply that in your everyday as you you continue to build a following uh, the the content i try and go live three or four times a week i just love going live and just being able to talk to as many people in the comments section Leading, and is that leading, ever scheduled? Is that scheduled to happen at a time, or do you just go live when you're free? No, no, no. I have I have particular scheduled times because you got to you've got to study where your predominant audience is from. You've got to watch what other people are doing. Um, I, there's a there's a couple of arm wrestlers out there that study and study like there's no other, and just watching their results uh, is really good. Mm. So, yeah, because uh, by just going live, uh, you you are really hurting yourself. Yes, like I'm mm. a spontaneous person and, and it's like, yeah, I'll just go live now. Well, it might take people 15, 20 minutes to find you. Now, people, mm. people already like what's famous. It's people like the news at like 6 p.m., isn't it? Popular. Yeah, so if I'm scheduled for a live, I can have sometimes up to 30 people waiting. So as soon as I go live, I've got 30 people in the chat. I haven't got drips and drabs coming in. So then when that's then fed out to the rest of YouTube, then it's like, oh, there's 50 people watching. Oh, there's 100 people. Oh, there's 200 people. That must be the place to be. I don't want to miss out. They might not enjoy the content, but they're like, there's 200 people here. I, I must be must here. Be this, this is This is where where I have to be. So I have I have a minimum of two, three scheduled lives a week. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I might do a fourth one. And then, of course, if there's any commentary on the weekends uh, in any event, then, of course, I usually go on about an hour beforehand and we do our own pre-show and then straight into the event and then the after show all in one hit. So they can be big days. Uh, when it comes to like filming videos, just whatever comes to mind. Just I'll mm-hmm. be like, yeah, okay, I've got this, and that now I'm uh, I'm going to film this because now I'm in a very rock and a hard, rock and a hard place. Not so much a rock and a hard place. I've got the best job in the world, but. <laughs> Like, like I get up and and I'll I'll get up. I'll put the kettle on and it's right. What's happening in the arm wrestling world while I've had a nap? And I'll surf everything. I'll try and reply because I'm huge on interaction. So I'll try and reply to as many people as I can. You can't reply to everyone. It is very hard. So then I do that. So then it's okay. Let's. Uh, what day is it? You're going live. Where are you going? Okay. And then I'll schedule that. Then it becomes planning the future. So I need to either start making a future video or working on another video or working on another project. But now I'm in a place where I think I need sponsors for the show. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm no good at asking for a handout. I'm trying to land some some big fish. 
but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it can be a, a little bit a little bit difficult doing doing that. So hopefully soon we'll have some sponsors on the show, which then of course helps you know have what's what. And what brought you to that realization that you need sponsors over above the monetization? You don't all because I don't always want to go uh, and grab from the you know the same the same water from the same well. You know that's going mm-hmm. that's going to stop. So at the moment when I go live, I have some very 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 loyal people, some very loyal mm-hmm. people, and they will uh, donate a lot of money. Which not not astronomical a lot of money, but but they certainly helps. It certainly helps keeps this dream alive. Now you you know you don't want to be relying on that. You want to have other avenues. So like I have a Patreon and I have YouTube memberships, and now I've just been qualified for subscriptions on Facebook. So that if that base builds up, and say I have a quiet week on the super chats things, it's like it's okay. You've got such a you know these many members across all the levels that's okay and you've got uh sponsor a and sponsor b so your base level is fine and then everything that is a bonus but that's all that that'll all come because i'm always going to do this and i always try and show my gratitude and appreciation for the people that do support the channel in in any aspect and i always and I always get people messaging me, you know, oh, sorry, I couldn't donate any money to the show. And it's like, man, you donated your time. That's the most expensive mm. thing anyone can donate. You you gave me an hour. You were in there. I saw you in the chat. You are in there for an hour. You watched it for an hour. You know, don't worry, man. Don't worry about that. We'll get there. We'll get there together. You know, I went two, three months ago, I went from 2,300 subscribers to now punched over 5,000. So we're, we're going to grow. And we're going to grow together and I'm going to bring as many ships up with me as the bigger channels have done for me and willing to to help out. It's funny. It's, it's so good because in Australia especially, you know, <clears throat> there's not many people that are really covering uh, the niche sport of arm wrestling. There's maybe three or four guys that are doing consistent content. And then when we went to the over-the-top tournament in the Gold Coast, like everyone who's anyone that was interested in arm wrestling in the whole Southern Hemisphere was there. And when I walked into that room, uh, I felt people recognizing me and they, <laughs> they're giving you that look of like, they know you. And it was like, how do they know me? And then they're coming up <laughs> going, oh, yeah, man, from the thing. And I'm like, uh, yeah. And they, oh, what's your podcast? Oh, what's your show? And I was like, what? Uh, like, <laughs> we put we put stuff up and get 10 views. And it's like, are you one of the 10? Like, but the people. It was funny because we do know them all by name. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, right. So uh, it's a tough season. <laughs> but, but when they, they came up and it was like, the people who are watching are really into it. Like, they really do watch and they care about the stuff and they know that you're one of the people doing it. And so. When we were at the event, I saw at least ten Aussie arm wrestler T-shirts floating around uh, by by top level competitors as well that were the competing on the stage in your brand. It was like, well, there you go, you're doing something right. He's sponsoring arm wrestlers. That's what he's doing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's very mind blowing when someone's like, oh, I want to buy a T-shirt, and and you know, and and suddenly you're shipping it. Like, what what was one country like uh, Kazakhstan? Like I, I sent a T-shirt to Kazakhstan and, you know, 
Sweden and things like that. But yeah, it is it is very humbling. It, it's great because then you know you're doing something right. Whether you you know if, if you could sit there in your rocking chair at six at 60, 70 years old, maybe fifty with the way my body is. And really sat there and go, I changed one person's life. Well, then you're up and about. You're like, I've really made a difference. Now, you know, you say you, you guys put out your content and, and you get 10 views. But, man, 10 people stopped always, what they were doing to, 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 watch the, to watch what you guys were doing and then to come up and say hi. So, yeah, it is very – it's very humbling – it's, uh, you know, and then a part of me is like, yeah, it's, it's pretty cool, you know, walk in a room and, and everyone yells the catchphrase or wants to come over and <laughs> ask a story about one of my one of my shows that I've done uh, or, you know, the weird thing, like get a photo or something like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's great. So cool. but, but when I go like tell my wife, I kind of cringe a little bit. I'm like, oh, you're not going to believe it, babe. Yeah, like. <laughs> all, these, all these people, you know, or someone wanted my autograph. Like I signed like four <laughs> things at Over the Top. And I was like, I've never signed an Aussie arm wrestler autograph. I didn't know how to sign it. So yeah. <laughs> that's good four point. Different ones what did you write? There. Did you so, did you create something on the spot? Yeah, I had to. Because yeah, I just thought no one no one really hey, asked for how do you spell what is what, <laughs> yeah. who am I again? <laughs> so that's am yeah, I, that, that whole concept is of it. Me? Yeah, it's so it's so cool. I, I thoroughly enjoy it, and I try and I don't really care where you are on the totem pole. If you want to come up and say hello, uh, I'll I'll spend some time with you. I, you know, you don't have to be an elite level person. I'm just lucky elite level people want to come on the show. Mm. And is there any difference between Jake Ward? And the Aussie arm wrestler is, is there is there a, 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 a switch that that turns on or gets fired up or you get amped up another ten percent when you you pull on the Aussie arm wrestler cape? But, but is it <laughs> the the only or, difference? Or, or is, is the, it, are you just like this all the time? Yeah, the the only difference is the name. That that's all. Yeah, Jake Ward is the Aussie arm wrestler. The Aussie arm wrestler is Jake Ward. Um, you just the, with the Aussie arm wrestler, you just don't see the aggressive side because I've got nothing to be aggressive about. I'm very protective of my family and and protective of my close friends, and so or I might you know you watch the TV and you get fired up about something, you know something grinds your gears. But ninety nine percent of the time, I'm a very laid back. I'm happy to see everyone because it's. So much more fun being happy. So much more fun being positive. It's exhausting being negative. It's exhausting being miserable and, and looking for what went wrong and everything like that. Uh, my my life is amazing. I've got the best people around me. I've got the the best family. Uh, if you know, if anyone follows the show, I do not shut up about my wife. So I'm in a very, very happy marriage. The arm wrestling community is probably the best community I've been a part of in all sports that I've either participated or been involved in. So yeah, there's there's no there's no acting, there's no acting, and I think that's what has been a catalyst for what I do. People watch, and they're like, "This guy doesn't take himself seriously." 
He loves having a laugh. I can get behind this guy. I'm going to I'm going to invest my time in the Aussie arm wrestler. And so what's on the horizon? So uh, now, uh, are there any other big events or you're looking at going overseas now or like what, what can we expect from the Aussie Armour store in the next six months? Uh, in the next six months, fingers crossed, a king yeah, of the, the table, table three. Again. Hopefully, yeah. king, hopefully, hopefully, Matt, hopefully. Oh, what are we up to now? King of the table four. Hopefully, king yeah. of the table four. I'm still... Waiting for the phone call, but and I'm keeping my eye on what's required to go to Dubai and things like that. I haven't been given the phone call or anything because they've only announced one match for King of the Table Four. There's only one match, so they're going to mm. announce matches before they do it. You know, I know I'm not the first pick, but I want to make it like I'm, I'm not the first pick when it comes to the commentator or, or the MC, but I want to make it very difficult for you not to pick me and then that means mm. i i've done my job or they sit there and it's like okay this person can't make it well then we have to, mm. we have to he's we have to get the aussie arm wrestler so at this stage i want to try and get to as many uh, australian state titles as i can get to uh i've got a project getting announced in the next 36 hours with arm wars which is going to be amazing. Mm. I'm a part of their Search for a Savage, which is going to be mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, if you haven't heard what's going on there, they're basically doing American Idol for arm wrestlers. So yep. we're looking for wow. a talent. We're looking for a talent. Send us three of your matches, edited well, show us that you <laughs> have exciting matches. And... Send us a 60 second promo. Tell us, mm-hmm. tell us why I should be watching you over any other. There's millions of good arm wrestlers, but why should I? Yep. Why should I be watching you? And so, are we wearing, wearing clothes or not? Well, <laughs> that's what I mean. You gotta find your niche. So, if you want to start sending nudie rooties, we'll see you that fight gets. So then, from there, we'll get a whole heap of videos. I'll be with. Uh, Neil Pickup, James Statham, the Armors director, Uncle John and myself. We'll go through the videos and we'll decide on a top 10. Obviously, all, all, all final decisions going through Neil Pickup. Neil Pickup, it, it's, his, it's his thing. I'm just happy to be involved. But then when they get to a final 10, then Uncle John and I, we put them through the ringer. Right. This mm. week, you're going on, uh, you know, contestants one and two. You're going on Uncle John's show. We're going to push you in the deep end. Seeming and swim. Mm. Later on in the week, you're coming on my show. Right. Let's see if you can handle it. Let's go. And, you know, we'll see if I can dominate people with the talking. We'll see if anyone chimes in. We'll see if anyone uh, can impress. And then we get the public to vote. So we'll do polls during the live streams. We'll get everyone uh, who watches it a bit later to vote. We'll get, we'll take all the comment sections. So like, oh, during the live stream, I noticed in the live chat, I reckon at least 70%. With Dave Stockbridge over Matt Connolly, so everyone wants to see him. Yeah, okay, that's about the right numbers as well. Yeah, yeah. probably more. I would have gone ninety <laughs> ten, but hey, I don't want to cause a divide between <laughs> I don't you want two. To sound arrogant. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, crushing my then, dreams. Yeah, <laughs> and then yeah, just become wall ring. All right, Dave, you won. You're on to the next round. We'll be in contact, and then the winner gets a trip. Um, I don't think they get a trip. They you just get it. an opportunity for a match at Armors. 
Yeah. Which well, you, wow. you could just be pulling at your local event with eight people, and by September, you could be uh, having a match at Armors. Will you ever put the uh, most electrifying? trophy in all of sports entertainment uh up for grabs at all well <laughs> let me just have a look i was always wondering where did it go if you were gonna bring oh! Oh! this bad boy is always with me the most trophy in the arm wrestling world it took you an hour and 10 bloody long minutes <laughs> hey, I was trying up. to slip it in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I genuinely this thing, this thing is is a is a character of its own. Now, the <laughs> the origin of the trophy came <laughs> when I was having my first podcast, and I'm a larrikin, and I think something's funny. Like I like to think, a, a, you know, you, outside the square or a bit to the left. So when I'm interviewing champions of the sport, never are the questions, how did you get into it? What's your favourite exercise that you like to do? Where do you go from here? Yeah, so then (laughs) I was like... (laughs) Yeah. For instance. So then I was like, how, how funny would it be you know, I'm having multiple world champions, multiple national champions, TV superstars. And I was like, how funny would it be if I just show them my amateur third place trophy? So I didn't even win the tournament. I didn't even win the tournament. And, yeah, I did my first episode and I was like, that's cool, man. Like, you might have won six national titles. You haven't got yourself one of these. This is this is the trophy. And <laughs> that's, now that's the, the most coveted trophy in in arm wrestling. In all of arm moment. wrestling, yeah. The <laughs> legacy. I reckon I get ten to fifteen messages a week challenging me. One person <laughs> in the states offered me flights and five thousand dollars. <laughs> because I think this this trophy needs an NFT. This. <laughs> Wow, he's frozen. We lost him. I, I, I don't. I don't actually think so. I think he's just so focused on the trophy at this point. <laughs> the trophy's, he can't, he trophy's can't, taken over. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's drawn his attention so strongly that he's unable to break from its gaze. Wow. He's gazing at it. it, it oh, there we go. I'll be back. We've got hey, what happened there? Bloody hell! Hello, oh, oh, you froze. It, yeah, the, well, trophy the trophy took so over. Electrifying that it did. <laughs> The to, internet couldn't uh, somehow uh, electrostatic. I don't know what you. I don't know. I don't know. Something paranormal activity when you start talking passionately about this trophy. That's that's what I mean. And yeah, so it's it's massive. Uh, so I, I so five like, grand I is the highest it. price that's been offered to take it off your hands so far uh, over the table. Um, yeah. What what would it take? What what would it take, Jake Ward, uh, monetarily for for somebody for for you to take that that challenge seriously? Are we talking? Is it a is it a hundred thousand dollars? Is it a half a million? Is it a million dollars? If somebody seriously wants to try and take that trophy off your mantle, uh, what what would it take for you to sign a contract? There's probably two. There's probably two things. One, I would take. 50 grand if I thought I had a shot. 
If I thought I could 50 grand win. if you thought you had a shot. Okay. <laughs> if I thought I could win. See, what happens is people... So, so if you're weight category, 50 grand. Yeah, but okay. that's but not one of your top tiers. Because people watch the show and they see... <laughs> so they can't be any good, is what you're saying. Yeah, they, they're like, Monster Michael Todd's Rich, yeah. Rich, but a terrible arm wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> 50 grand, but they've got to be shit. Okay, yeah. yeah. Basically, yeah, because then it's like, cool, I've got 50 grand and I can put the title up again. So, because, yeah, because people have seen John Brzezink, Monster Michael Todd, Todd Ziller all say that they're coming for the trophy. Now, my guessing, my psychological guessing would be a lot of the pullers might not win at their events and a lot of the pullers might not ever finish top three in a nationals or something like this. So this is a big trophy that they mm. might be able to win. So, you know, if they have this big match and, and they pin the Aussie arm wrestler on the left, which is impossible to do, I'm unstoppable, <laughs> then they're mm. like, oh, you know, then – They've got the trophy on their show and and things like that. But if if someone literally put one hundred and fifty thousand dollars up, I'd sign. Okay, hundred and fifty. Hundred. Well, Matt. Oh, yeah. Well, I get my bet. I'm get my checkbook. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Probably would be me on my left. My left is terrible. Because the, the investment of uh, a free entry into the tournament, I'll finish third. It's cost me zero dollars to have, and then to get one hundred and fifty thousand percent return on it, mm. that sets uh, myself, my wife, my daughter up. That would give me another, or that would give us probably another five years of doing this full time financially. I'd be mad not to. Well, I'd yeah. say Neil Pickup's got the format. I think it's just a matter of finding the right athletes, and I think we've got an idea here. I think somebody out there, there's got to be some Saudi prince who fancies himself on his left hand who's been carefully watching the Aussie arm wrestler. Waiting for some, wait, waiting, waiting in the shadows. <laughs> not quite not quite keen enough yet to jump in the super chat, but who's uh, got his eyes on, on the prize, so to speak, and uh, has the money to back it up. So, you know, if, if, if that guy's watching the Daily Combat podcast today, <laughs> I'd, I'd say you should reach out because we can set this up. Yeah. And, and I think if you do do it, it needs to be on top of a building. Maybe oh, maybe the tallest building in the world. You know that, that that helipad that's on the top that they made into a tennis court for Federer? I think that's where that needs to be. $150,000 on the table at the at – the, what, what do they call that? The, the Burj, the, the – the oh, you know, the and and uh, on top on the helipad table two men one, one ref, only one leaves and, and one leaves the other one has to jump off yeah. uh, so and i mean it's not um it's not 150 the the, the 150,000 is what i will pocket it's not a matter mm. of oh if you win you get to keep the money no i just need that Hundred and fifty thousand. No, that, that's one hundred and fifty for the for the. That's the entry price for that's right. whoever wants to. That's the challenger price. That's the challenger fee. So they, they're stumping up their hundred and fifty win, lose or draw. They, there's nothing in it for them but yeah. the trophy. But, but that that seventy five to one hundred and twenty five grams of plastic and veneer. <laughs> that's it. That's plastic. that's the price. This is this is carrot. It gets gold. bigger every time. It's uh, but then like I always joke about this, and you know we the the arm wrestling world love it. We all have a bit of fun with it. 
But then I sat there and I go, one, because there's a lot of rich people out there. There's a lot of people that can just do it. And they're like, you know what? trophy hunters. Or they're just like, 150 grand, that's, you know, pocket money to me. But then could you imagine if I won? And I got to keep it. It's like, oh, it. oh, yes. It would be like the best thing ever. There's 150,000 wide to my account and I'm coming home with a trophy. That would probably be a 10 million view video. But <laughs> Yeah, it is, it is hard to win matches in arm wrestling. So it is actually legitimately quite a good uh, achievement to get a trophy in arm wrestling. I've, I've gone 0 and 8 in my, my <laughs> tournament <so> career. <laughs> it continues to persist. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Calls uh, himself an arm wrestler. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah really, I'm, really uh, good at the sport. Yeah, I've retired so, from tournaments. I don't tournament pull anymore. So I've, I've yeah, I don't, I don't tournament pull. Uh, I only do super matches uh, when I can at this stage. Giving everyone else a chance. Mm. Yeah, well, mm. you know. And, and the, I get... All the time. I'll look on the internet. I just, I'm just looking at this trophy. I just can't believe how many stories come from it. I'll, I'll um, like, there, there'll be a poster and it's like, this weekend in bloody Arizona or this weekend in, 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 in Cardiff, Wales, you know, there'll be a tournament. And I'll sit there and I'll have a look and I'll have a look and I'll be like, yeah, cool. And then a little smirk comes on my face and I'll, I'll be like, just wait, just wait. Bang. At least one competitor from those mm. events, and I get it all the time. One competitor from those events who finished third sent me a photo. <laughs> of trophy. I am making third place be cool. Wow. That's amazing. Wow. Like instead of going, yeah. like, oh, finished third, you know, I, I shouldn't have lost the final. I'll get slid in my DMs as I. Hey, you think your trophy's cool? I finished third as well, and I'm like that. First, that's... second, and then Jake Ward. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, no longer becoming... known as bronze. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. no third place anymore. It's just you came Jake Ward in the tournament. Yeah. <laughs> uh, mate, if we can, if we can rename it, that's thing. That's what will happen if arm wrestling ever got into the Olympics. They'd be like, oh, this person's won gold and silver, and this one's won the Jake Ward medal. It's, it's amazing. It's <laughs> a but replica it's of your trophy. <laughs> But it's just more the, of a the Jake Ward award for best of the rest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, best well, we of can the see bad you bunch award. Yes. The the best of the bad bunch award. Absolutely. May third place never be forgotten again. How how oh. are you? Uh, how are you as a competitive arm wrestler? Rubbish. Oh, Rubbish. Okay. I'm <laughs> no, I think I'm I'm a super match puller. I'm not a tournament puller. And these these days having having 18 months off sent me right back but my body my body's cooked so at least with a super match i might be able to get some late pins because i'll because i've got a little i haven't got great endurance but i've got a little bit endurance so if i can hold someone i am almost like in a super match format i am almost like uh the simpsons episode where home is a boxer like just punch me until you're tired and then when you're tired, Ooh. I'm able to read and I'll just bring you over to my, I'll fall over to my side of the table. <laughs> that's it. That's how my pulling style, like I struggle to pull pork these days. So it's not even, 
Yeah. Uh, I enjoy competing. I come from a competitive background. I've competed all my life, so I'll continue to do it. But I just have to be careful the matches I take. I just have to be careful because I don't want to go into the realm. So I started pulling tournaments and I was getting smoked because by the time I got to the table, I was too exhausted from commentating all day. Yeah. So then what happens is, of course, when you have a small name like I do, that footage gets posted everywhere. And it's like, oh, I just smoked the Aussie arm wrestler, which is cool. I don't mind losing. I've got no problem with that. But then... Prefer to come third. (laughs) Prefer to come third. Prefer to win a couple and then lose. But then it becomes to the (laughs) realm of almost getting advice from a fat personal trainer. Mm. You don't really take, as, as Matt Nodzi said, with his double biceps. You, you, you get it. So here I am getting flogged in every single tournament I go to. I'm getting flash pinned, <laughs> taking the hand easy. I'm not even strong. And then yet I'm going to go on the t- on the channel and tell you who's going to win and, and you know, what this person should, like, during a live commentary and say, oh, Dave Chavey, man, you just got to post back and do that. They're like, well, we're not going to take you seriously. You're getting smoked at every tournament. I felt exactly the same thing, yeah. I felt exactly exactly the same thing. So, yeah, so it's like I go to the gym and then this fat guy's got to try and tell you, Matt, how to lift weights or or stick to a diet. No, no. So that was the decision to stop tournament pulling. If I'm not... If I'm not commentating the event, then so I'm to ma- maintain the- your credibility as an arm wrestler, you had to stop arm wrestling. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you've nailed it, Dave. And you've nailed it. And I'll tell you why you have nailed it. A hundred percent. In the two years, and I always have a laugh with with people that come on the show, and when I try and give advice on how to build your brand or help with the YouTube channel, I am. The Aussie arm wrestler. I have been doing this for a couple of years, full-time, three months. Now, go back. If you look at all the greats that are on the YouTube channels, all the all the arm wrestlers or the arm wrestling channels, right? Go back, see how many matches they've had, and then go back mm. and see how many matches I've had. You can't count them with both, both hands. You know what I mean? Like, I've had hardly mm. any matches and yet I've been able to build this brand without relying on being an elite athlete. Yeah. So like oh, man, athlete. I say that all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like but you don't have to be the best in the world to be able to make videos about something that you enjoy or that you're passionate about. I think mm. people have this feeling like, oh, people aren't going to listen to me or they're not going to respect my opinion or my thoughts on something unless I'm a world champion or unless I'm at the absolute pinnacle. Yeah. And it's like doesn't matter like people if you're interesting and if you're charismatic and you present something well people will watch it regardless as to whether you do it or not it's like you know you could you could have never swum in your life but you could be really into it and present it well and people will still watch your content it yeah it it shouldn't hold people back from being oh i need to i need to have set myself um this point once i reach that then people will respect my opinion it's like you don't need to have that yeah no. Yeah, there's that, there's that coach dynamic as well. You know, there's some people that are great at coaching. They understand how to take take knowledge and technique and instill it into another human being, and that that's that's their gift. That's yeah. what they're great at. And and similarly uh, with you, Jake. You know, you you can you can identify all of the nuances and understand exactly what's going on and find a really unique way of communicating that. That that's thoroughly entertaining, and that that's your gift. 
So I'm not sure what Matt's gift is. <laughs> we're, we're still looking for it. We're working on that. It's somewhere. Two biceps. Yeah, so that's what Matt's gift is. Two biceps. It's that's contained the within the split of his left bicep. Yeah. But I'm, I'm <laughs> huge on that. And and sometimes when people come to me and they, and they say, not looking. Hey, that's a gift. Mine look like arms, but only smaller. Yeah, and people come come to me and they're like, "Oh, I'm looking to start a YouTube channel. I'm looking to do this. I'm looking to do that." And if you're scared, don't do it. Don't do it. I haven't got time for you if you are scared to do it. If you are so scared of putting out a video and getting three views, then don't. Then don't. Yeah. Then you're not made for YouTube. You're not made for the social media presence. And then have fun being uh, a lower tier athlete. Because anyone that is anyone, uh, if you want to pull on the big stages, in an arm wars, on a king of the table, you need a social media presence. And I've, mm. I tell people all the time, Google how many people have died from starting a YouTube channel and no one watched mm. it. No one yeah. died. <laughs> so just go out, and, <laughs> go out and do it. And you win either way because, one, people watch it. It's fantastic. Of course it's amazing when you look at your phone and 15,000 people have watched your video. Of course it feeds endorphins throughout your body. But if no one watches it, you have just sat there for 10 minutes, 30 minutes, two and a half hours, and talked about a sport that you love. And you've got that mm. out of your system. And especially when it comes to arm wrestling. When I catch up with my mates and have a beer and have a feed, yeah, we're not talking arm wrestling. They're not, they, they'll ask how the channel's going, but they've got no idea uh, about mm. it. So when I do my videos and jump on podcasts or do my own podcast, it's an awesome relief for me because it's like, yes. I have found more lunatics like me that love <laughs> So anyone that does start a YouTube channel, the relief, the stress relief, you will get plonking yourself out of a camera and going, hi, I'm uh, Joe so-and-so, and here are my tips for East versus West 3. And the stress relief of getting it out there and just go, right, I've told someone. I've told someone. Like I had a guy message me, like literally probably an hour before the show, a guy that watches the show, he goes, I've got no mates that like arm wrestling. Can I tell you, can I send you my predictions for East versus West 3? And I was like, send them through. Said, no. no. Yeah. No, you're not <laughs> Get out of here. You're not my friend. Yeah. Stop I, I, you I said, how dare you? I said, do you know who I am? How dare you? Who I am? Do you know who I am? And then message me. I even called the police. I was like, hello, triple zero. You wouldn't believe it. This guy thought he could message me. He knows you know who I am. I have to go arrest you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is so. And like you said, you put something out there and no one watches. It doesn't matter. Like you did something. And by doing that, and you know, doing podcasts and doing if no one's watching, that is your practice. Like you said, your your um commentary on uh over the top was an audition. And in so many aspects it was. I mean, you were there for that day and you performed, as I said, 10 out of 10. But it was like all the people that filmed moments of that and the pay-per-view that that all adds to your repertoire of 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 like moments where people somebody might see that somebody might see that 
And then when you go to the next live event and you're calling that, you've got that experience. And so for somebody to go, oh, I'm not going to start unless I'm going to be super successful straight away. You're not going to be. You need to build up to the point where it's it's like anything. It's like going to the gym for the first time. You, you've never lifted the weights before. You've got to learn how to do it. Yeah. You're not going to be able to go straight into the gym and bench press you know, 200 kilos just off the bat. Like it takes a long time, a lot of hard work, discipline in any industry if you want to get good at it. And and moments like with YouTube and with this stuff that's free, like doesn't cost you anything. Point your phone at yourself, press record, talk about something, put it online. Next time you'll be better at it. Next time you'll be better at it. And you keep continuing to improve. And then you get to a point where maybe somebody says, hey, um, I like your stuff uh, here. Uh, I'd like to sponsor your channel or something. But you get these opportunities you wouldn't have had if you hadn't done all that work to start with. Mm. With, uh, with, with you um, obviously going full time now, are there, are there people that you watch or channels that you, you look to or templates that you've been trying to follow that you can see have been successful for others that have served you really well? Uh, I... Funny enough, doesn't watch anyone. I, I don't. Want, I, I don't watch much. I, I really don't because uh, I don't have enough time. So basically, mm. I, I do do research. Sometimes I watch YouTubers that aren't arm wrestlers because mm. I, I feel. The, the, and that's kind of what I meant. You know, who yeah. who are you keeping an eye on to to understand what's a what's a good mix of content? What to do? Yeah, well, I watch a lot of um, wrestling. Uh, YouTube channels because they throw in mm -hmm. a bit of comedy and I like the style, the way they do it. I'm like, oh, I could use that. I could use that. Uh, I'm a huge Mr. Beast fan. I think mm -hmm. I love because he's mixes everything that I love, whether it's helping people, you know, playing games, doing like game shows, outlandish challenges, which I've, I've been fortunate enough to do my whole life. Yeah, so he's just got a nice mix and and he and he's able to make it work. So I, I, I maybe watch half an hour to forty minutes of YouTube. So I've got to be particular. So I go through all my arm wrestling channels to see if there's anything I need to make a video about. Um, I'm very fortunate enough. I'm in a uh, like a arm wrestling YouTubers group and. We all go, hey, I just used this sort of thumbnail and it spiked my views by 15%. Maybe look at doing yep. it that way. And we help each other. We help each other there. Share a bit of intel. Yep. Yeah, because we're, there's, a, there's a group of us, because we're in such a niche sport, uh, we believe that we all benefit if we all grow together. So there's stages where, you know, I uh, someone could help me out and then I've, uh, superseded them in numbers but of course I mm. still want to help them out and now they've superseded me and we can just go back and forth and and it's I just think it's it's better it doesn't do any damages to our channel um, I'm a huge believer in karma so if you're just helping people because you want to help people yeah. well it's going to come back in droves not a problem and yeah. that's what happens uh, here in, in the arm wrestling world so I keep an eye on some things but then if someone and I check the the tone of people as well. So if like if I'm at the gym and Matt comes over and he's like, "Oh man, you should just um, you know maybe do hammer curls instead biceps. of bicep curls," mm. and then and then walks off and doesn't say anything, I'm like, "Cool man, whatever." But if Matt comes over and he's like, "Right, 
I've been watching this. And if you actually change the angle of your wrist when you're doing the hammer curls, this is going to work on the outside and it's going to grow the thickness of your bicep and, and that. Then I'll go, right, I'm going to change the way I do bicep right. curls. Because you, get, you yep. get, it, get advice. Everyone is a coach and everyone yep. is, uh, you know, can tell you what you need to do because they don't want to do it themselves. You need to do this with your channel and you need to do that and you should be doing this and things like that. So unless yep. uh, they've got conviction in what they're saying, uh, passion in what they're telling me, yeah, there's not many that I pick to. So, and and because I'm so, I probably need to do more research because I'm so focused on making this happen. I've been giving the all mm. clear to do it, so I'm always about like making sure I'm making good content, putting it out there to hopefully make a few people happy that watch it. Absolutely. You did mention the wrestling earlier. This is one of the ones I wanted to, to bring up quickly. Uh, did you know that, that Jake actually had a, a wrestling career? Prior? I, I did not know that. But so this is, is this a, is this an exclusive? Is this a day well, I, mean, I, I think no. you might have spoken about it briefly on some some lives, but I, I'd love to hear the story again. <laughs> I love pro wrestling. I love it. Growing up, Hulk Hogan was everything to me if my mum wanted me to do anything or eat anything it was hulk hogan eats his veggies hulk hogan keeps his room clean wow (laughs) i didn't really understand you know genetics and performance enhancing and Uh you know spending four hours at the gym on the daily but if i Mm. ate my broccoli or my cabbage you know so then, once once again, my whole Play life, fans. I'm I'm big on if I because I because I talk a lot, I, as you guys can tell, I talk way too much. Thank if God, wanna... there'd be a lot of dead air on this podcast. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to back up everything that I say. So I remember had a basketball career, uh, went over to England, came back, and I was like, right, I don't want to play basketball anymore. I'm done with that. I always wanted to be a wrestler. So straight on to the computer, where's a wrestling school? Oh, awesome. There's one 25 minutes up the road. Yeah, can, I can come tonight. Awesome. I'll see you there. Bang. And then just went to training and I'm like, well, I'm, I'm giving it a go until I don't want to do it anymore. And yeah, so just went to training, went to training and, you know, you learn your first move and you're just picturing your eight-year-old self uh, you know, on the couch watching the VHS and you really wanted to do it. And I was like... Jumping off the a- coffee table, yeah, onto, yeah, onto the pillows, now, onto the cushions. Onto your sister. Onto the dog. Yeah. <laughs> but the beauty of this, it was in a controlled environment, so no one's parent was coming to tell you to get off the coffee table or give your brother his teddy bear back because you've just got it in a full Nelson or something <laughs> like that or a big body slam. And then, yeah, and so... Trained for a bit, and the the company that I was at, they were like, you're ready for your first match. And I thought, we are on here. This is amazing. <laughs> WrestleMania, and, here we come. Ah, <laughs> oh, I was on. I was on. I had my honeymoon at WrestleMania. That's how obsessed I am. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Mine yeah. was at the UFC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's that's the, the beauty of it. And so, yeah, so I did, did wrestling. I did it for about... Four years, and it was a really dark time of Australian wrestling. It's not like booming like it is now. It was 
It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. Like, <laughs> I once wrestled in front of six people <laughs> at an event. Six people. There, there you know how we feel on this podcast. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah, promoter, he, a promoter came from Adelaide and he's like, I want to run an event here. I'm going to bring some guys over. Can I get you on the show? Yeah, man, absolutely. I, Love wrestling. I play footy during the day. So just let me know. I'll, I won't be there the same time as everyone else, but I'll come straight after footy. No worries. And, you know, when just before the event starts, everyone's like, oh, what's the line like? And there was no one in the line. Six people had bought a ticket to a show. And, yeah, I said I said to my guy, I said, look, I'm still going to have the match. Do you still want to have the match? Let's just go out there. Who cares? I'm here. Saturday night, I'm missing a friend's birthday party. I'm, I've come to wrestle. And, yeah, I'm dropping elbows and... <laughs> Put it on a show. Bad guy. It was the best, man. It was some of the best fun I've ever had. <laughs> what, what was the wrestling name again? I, I know wrestling, what it is, but I just want to hear you say it. Yeah, the wrestling name, it was Jermaine Boom, which is... Uh, <laughs> Jermaine a, Boom? A very, Boom? very obscure, different name that's that and come across. The Jermaine? Yeah. <laughs> Was that a Flight of the Concords reference? or uh, the Jackson no. 5. Jackson I, don't, <laughs> I don't know where the name came from. I knew back then. How old was I? 22-year-old 22 Jake around there. 22, 25-year-old Jake was like... He was a young oh, man. He was, I, I wanted... I wanted dreams. The, pro wrestling dreams. I'll chase, I'll chase any dreams. Like I wanted the letter J because my name was Jake, but I didn't want to use my name. And I was like, what's a cool J name? And for some reason I thought Jermaine, like I thought, <laughs> Jermaine? Jay, I thought that was a cool name. No one else had that name. Uh, no one. Okay, and I know why, because it's a terrible name. <laughs> <laughs> what what sort then, of, yeah. what sort of man was uh, Jermaine Boom? What, what was, was the a, character? Cowboy he was a bad guy. Or... He was a bad guy that was in love with himself. It was amazing. I've had beer poured on me. I've had people wait for me in the car park to beat me up. So, like, a lot of my shtick was I would genuinely believe, I would make you genuinely believe, like, even with me, I was a bit in better shape there because my body wasn't cooked, you know, that I was peak physical condition when I clearly wasn't mm. but I would make you believe so I was very narcissistic and it was all about me and I hated everyone that was that was in there like I hate I hated you all so like when I'm walking around my favorite bit wasn't even when the mat like during the match my favorite bit was walking the entrance <laughs> and you know say Matt you and your beautiful wife there I would purposely pick out people in better shape than me and Matt, Matt would be there, and of course I'd look at his beautiful wife, and I'd be like, you know, why don't you come be with a real man? You know, why don't you come <laughs> be with a real man? like that? Wait, come on, come on, baby, I know you want to plan one here, <laughs> and things like that. And sometimes, like, like you could see the men fuming, and then when the women would stand up to kiss me, you could see the blood boiling on the men, <laughs> and. and and some of my like old school values coming. So when the woman would come to kiss me, I just turn and go, "You're not even my type," and I just walk off. So then I wanted, <laughs> so I wanted, I wanted everyone, I wanted every single person uh, to not like me. Um, I would sit there and like one of my main things that I do is I drop a body slam 
And then I'd point to the crowd and be like, this is for each and every one of you scumbags. And I'd slick my hair back and then drop an elbow. <laughs> the crowd would lose what it. Sort of, what sort of clothes did Jermaine Boom wear? Oh, rubbish ones. I didn't know how to. I originally started off with a black singlet and jean shorts and just some Nikes or something. And then I had almost like, they, man, these, oh, they're upstairs. I've still got them. I've still got it. <laughs> and then yeah. I was like, so for a everyone, super chat, the right money, we, yeah. we could uh, $150,000 on top Jermaine of the uh, building. Yeah. <laughs> Cage match. Uh, Jermaine Boom versus Stone Cold. Yeah. Then, yeah. <laughs> then once again, just like studying everything, I'm like, okay, everyone's wearing black. How do I stand out? Well, I'll wear red. So I, I wore a red singlet and then I had these special. Shorts made up. Um, they went probably just to ab- above the the knee, and and yeah, had my wrestling boots. I still still got them all. So yeah, I was like red because everyone was wearing black. And, um, I don't know why. It's still a thing now. It's like just change colors, guys. It's okay. So yeah, so I wore that, and it was just some of the the best fun. I got to pretend to be tough. I got to abuse people and get away with it. You know, yeah. you know, people be screaming so they, at me. They say pro wrestling isn't real, but to tell that to the guys that were trying to beat the shit out of you in the car park afterwards. <laughs> well, two funny stories how uh, I, it is 100% real. So one, I used to go through a phase where I used to get like fake. So if I'm over in Adelaide, I'd just look up an Adelaide hotel. I stole this gimmick off a guy in America and I'd look up an Adelaide hotel. Cool. And I'll just make a shoddy rendition of a hotel key for that hotel. So then I would go up to your wife day and I'd be like, hey, room 402. I'll see you there after the show. And that's how that's how I almost got wow. into a fight. Oh. Uh, you mother effer and things like that. And he's launched a beer bottle at me. And of course, I'm surrounded by six foot five blokes taking steroids you know, who go to the gym all day because they were really chasing their wrestling dream. I was just filling out like I never wanted to go to WrestleMania. So, yeah, that was that was interesting. But then the scariest moment, uh, I was actually in my hometown. Oh, hometown. I was, in, I was near near Melbourne and I had a, had a match. And this big guy, he dropped me. He overthrew me. We did a move and he overthrew me. And I landed flush on my neck and basically felt like I'd snapped in half. Ugh. So I was lying there and he went to he went to get me and then I just screamed, don't F and touch me. I can't move. Mm. And so what felt like an eternity, I said, roll me. I just said to him, roll me out the effing ring now. So he rolls me out and I fall down, limp. And I'm just lying there. And what all, would have been all of maybe 45 seconds, felt like an eternity to me. And we, what we call it in our industry is a stinger. So what had happened was I was momentarily paralyzed and I hmm. couldn't feel anything. And I was freaking out, freaking out. I've never, I sweat profusely normally. I've never sweated so much. I was sopping wet. And yeah, they all come over. And then I remember almost crying because I remember wiggling my toes and I was like, is this a dream? And then it all slowly came back to the body 
and someone came out and I said, just leave me here. You guys finish the match. And that was probably my third last match. It was just, for me, it was just too much uh, to, to risk. Mm. Yeah, it's happened to some of the, the, the best guys. I mean, that's why they've out, out, they stopped doing the pile driver stuff. And yeah, know, certain people just got absolutely wiped out by that and career ending injuries. And it was even Stone Cold, um, yeah, had the same thing. Was, um, you yeah, can see that on, on YouTube. He, he, yeah, yeah, and he's and laying there, uh, paralyzed and, he, and oh. he's talking to the other wrestler. I can't remember who it was. Um, uh, Hitman, I think. Um, anyway, and, he, and he's like, oh, I can't move. <laughs> Just, yeah. yeah, it was uh, SummerSlam 97 against Owen Hart. That's uh, Owen yeah. Hart. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I'm yeah. So it was like I, I was enjoying it, but then like other things were happening in my life and and wrestling. I'm like I'm sick of like there were stages where I'd wrestle in front of like 800 people and that was great, but then like with most things, politics, and then suddenly I'm wrestling in front of 20 people, and you know I'm 25, 26 years old, and my relationship at the time was failing and, you know, something's got to give. I'm playing footy, then going to wrestling. I'm training four nights a week and then trying to fit in the gym and be a good boyfriend. Something got to give. And it was, at first it was wrestling and then I was so angry that it was wrestling. It was then the girlfriend. (laughs) 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 Because in the dark, in dark times and in dark times of my life, wrestling was always there. Whether something horrific had happened uh, in my life or you're just going through a really rough patch, I could chuck on wrestling and momentarily give my brain a relief and forget about what was going on. And so then when someone actually made me choose them over that, I was ropeable with myself for allowing that. And I was like, yeah, you don't, you just need someone that just embraces you. Hence why I fell in love on my first date and was in a mad rush to marry the woman that I've married now, because yeah, anything, you know, she let let me end the honeymoon at WrestleMania. So. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, yeah. Has she, has she sort of become a fan? I, my wife. <laughs> 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 oh, you're going to your face like that. That's so good. <laughs> she, she's so awesome. She doesn't. She pretends she doesn't, to like She's it. not into wrestling. She's not into arm wrestling. But my wife will get involved because I love it so much. So, like. Wow. My first super match, very uh, another fun story. My my very first super match, Arnold's 2019. I'm up and about. I, I got there on the Friday. I was the last match on the Sunday. I didn't leave. Was filming, was watching, and everything. So Jess comes on the Sunday. We're gonna watch. She's gonna watch her maybe boyfriend. I don't even know if we're married. Anyway, come to support me because <laughs> she's amazing. She's gonna spend all day at this arm wrestling convention. Uh, well, at Arnold's, so, you know, everyone there. And it got to 15 minutes uh, before the women's division. And there's a young girl here named Celine who helps run Victorian arm wrestling and a very good ambassador for women's sport. Came over and introduced herself and she's like, oh, my God, you, you, yeah, Jess is amazing. Rah, rah. And then my, then my mind went, 
ticking. And I, I said to Selena, I said, how many people are in the under 65 kilo division? That she was pulling in. She goes, oh, there's only two of us. Well, at Arnold's, they give out a gold, well. silver and bronze medallion. So I was <laughs> well. giving the nudge to Jess and I was like, well, if you compete, you'll get two medals before I've even had a match. <laughs> you'll, be <the> yeah. third, <laughs> you'll be the third best puller <laughs> in the Oceanic region. At under sixty nine, uh, under sixty five kilos, and Celine was awesome, looked after her. But yeah, so Jess doesn't like arm wrestling, but because I love it so much, she was like, "Okay, I trust, I trust Jake. I'm not going to get hurt. You know, he's not going to put me in danger." And my wife jumped on the table, went zero and four, and just over there are two bronze medals, <laughs> Arnold's trophies before I even had my first match. And, and uh, as we know, bronze is God's placing. So uh, <laughs> just wonderful. There you go. We just do everything here. Everything is third place. So I'm sure I'm Jess's third favorite person. I'm probably so. Yeah. <laughs> everything is just third here. Ironically, because our favorite number is three, and then we both won mm. like third place stuff. But yeah, she doesn't like like she. Yeah, if I'll sit there. And go, oh my God, so and so is going to come on the show. Jess will get excited for me. Has zero idea who I'm talking about. But yeah, Beautiful. she's come on the podcast. Yeah, the bubble bath times. guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> especially, especially in the early days, now that I've been lucky enough to be accepted. But even in the early days, I'd be like, she goes, you can't sleep. And I'm like, yeah, oh, it's because Jeff Hales agreed to come on the show, babe. Oh, this is amazing. And then Jess will sit up and she'll be like, oh, that's so cool. Like no idea. I could have. I could have said. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've got David Connolly, Hollywood yeah. Matt Stockbridge coming on the show. You know, I could mix anyone. <laughs> but then, but oh, her being awesome would be just be like, yeah, oh, that's so cool. Congratulations. I hope it's a great show. When is it? And yeah, and then I'd stop after two minutes because I'm like, yeah, you go. Yeah, thank you, thank you, for <laughs> thank you for being oh, a that's fantastic. Partner. Can, can we can we look forward to any more twenty four hour uh, telethons? Are they tele- no, they're not quite marathons. Tele- telethon. But, but yeah, can we make it a telethon? Let's do that. Can we can we do a twenty four hour podcast? So <laughs> for a sponsor, yeah. Can, can we do something like that? So on top but, of a building, will there be any more twenty four hour live streams? <laughs> on top, on top, yeah, top of a tall building. I don't know about top of a tall building. There will definitely be more 24-hour podcasts, whether it's an annual thing or if I want to help someone out and, you know, it's like, oh, let's, okay, I'll go 24 hours and let's raise money for Matt Connolly to pull Larry Wheels in Dubai. You know, if I firmly believe in something, uh, I will do it. That's happening. (laughs) Yeah. It's next week. (laughs) Well, I just won't get off the computer then. So it's, um, yeah. When that when that came about, I literally decided on the Tuesday to do it on the Friday. I just turned to my wife and said, I'm going to do a 24-hour podcast. And she's like, what do you mean? So I'm going to sit in this chair for 24 hours. I'm going to call the action. And she's like, okay, let me know how I can help. And told everyone, said, come meet me here Friday night. I'm going for 24 hours. I ended up going for like 24 and a half hours. I hmm. will do more. It is taxing. It, it hmm. was a lot. Afterwards, the recovery was a lot harder than what I thought it was. I thought plonking myself in a chair, talking about arm wrestling, 
doesn't get much easier than this. And it and that mm. was it went in waves. Sometimes were real easy. Sometimes it, the start was difficult. The start, mm. I thought, not because I was starting. I put that it was an open call. You could be anyone, and you could come on the show. And I said, the first <laughs> my first guest is going to be my wife. There's the link for the call in. Once we hit 15 minutes, anyone can jump on. So anyway, I do the 15 minutes with Jess. And we rock it. We absolutely rock it. Yeah, I'm talking about you. She's just popped in. <laughs> the cheeky one. She's not camera ready, so she won't jump on. But she always jumps on. That's the third, the third place finisher for the under 65 women's you're talking to? Yeah, both arms. Both wow. arms. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so the so we do the 15 minutes because we start at like 9 o'clock at 9. Jess goes, I'm going to go to bed. I'll see you in the morning. Yep, no worries. <laughs> And then from the next, I oh, I couldn't tell you the time. And, so you were and, up all day starting at 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. Well, had you slept during the day? <laughs> I, I had day. a, well, <laughs> tangent, another story. One of my pet hates, Dave. I am a rubbish handyman. Rubbish. <laughs> it, you know, watching the block is torture to me. Can't stand yeah. it. So... I try and have a nap, got this big show. My wife, being the best person in the world, rushes to office works and goes, I've, uh, you know, wanting to surprise me. We get back and she goes, I've got this computer desk for you. You can pop your laptop there. You know, you can put your drinks and your food and your snacks. It's going to be awesome. You've got to build it. <laughs> We've got to build it. We've oh. got to build it. So I am sitting there and I believe we were pregnant. I think we were pregnant at the time. Just trying to get confirmation. We're there in my laundry 45 minutes before this 24-hour podcast starts and I am seething. I am seething. Because <laughs> I'm like, I've got to build it because I don't want my wife to build it, even though she enjoys doing it. Like, like let's work together and it's a flat pack and bolt. It, there and I like this is, I know I'm gonna be doing this 45 minutes. I want to make sure I've got some notes, uh, some some things to fill in some dead air if there if there's any. And yeah, so I was like, oh, this is ridiculous. So then the so then we sit in the you know, we sit in the chair, we call the first 15 minutes of the show. And then uh I think it was about an hour to an hour and a half. No one came on. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm, I'm there and I'm like, oh, we got to go. We got to talk about this and we got to go talk about this. And I'm like, am I really going to be by myself for 24 hours? And it was probably the only, I don't worry much, but I think that was the only time I've ever worried about what I do. Because I was like, <laughs> you don't want to be that guy that says, I'm going to do the 24-hour podcast and six hours in, you pull the pin. So mm. I was like, that's fine. You've been on big, massive journeys before. Snap out of it. Let's go. Just talk. You'll be fine. Talk about how no one's coming on the show. Like, you'll make it work. <laughs> the ones I snapped out of it, I got about to an hour and a half in. My first guest come on, and then we were rocking and rolling. And, and who, who and- was your first guest? Was it a planned guest, or was it one of those people that just jumped on? No, so the first the the first person once again, someone who's just been a huge flag bearer for everything that I do, is Ryan Mullen. 
He was the first one. Mm-hmm. So he oh, got to about 10 30 yeah. at night and he was watching in bed. And he's like, I think he said something along the lines, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, he's really going for it. He's been going solid. I've got to help my mate out. You know, Ron, yeah. Ron and I, uh, we're not YouTube buddies. We're, we're friends. I hosted his wedding. Uh, we actually connected not through arm wrestling. Um, I reached out to him about a totally different thing. You don't have to get into all the details. It might no, be no, no. And we just developed that. an amazing, yeah, an amazing friendship. Yeah. So, yeah, he was the first one on. <laughs> and then... <laughs> You bloody jerks! And then- <laughs> <laughs> there was candles. There was there was scented music. Scented. Yeah. yeah, there right. were towels. Yes, there was a ceramic. You don't have to get into it. No, okay. right. You don't have to share. The middle. No, 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 the details required. Real friends. Yeah, there was there was swaying. So yeah, so then he was the first space. guest, and it just went gangbusters from there. Everyone was awesome, but once again, it wasn't just about doing a 24-hour podcast, I had other motives. And I hit my motives. Uh, I hit my goals, which I wanted. Basically, one goal was to show the arm wrestling world that it doesn't change over a 24-hour period. I believe, and I could be wrong, I haven't watched too much of the footage, but I believe the energy I was bringing in hour one was the same energy I was bringing at hour 24. And I wanted to show people that I wasn't this 15 minutes, oh, ready, bang, here we go, oh, you big dick, rah, rah. It was, this is how I am, this is what I do. And the second thing I wanted to show everyone was that I was the real deal. I wasn't a, a, a one-line catchphrase. 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't, I can genuinely, genuinely talk in depth about the sport. I can genuinely make you laugh and have a comedic side of it. But I just wanted to show everyone that I can go. I want to show everyone I'm here. I'm here for the long haul. I can go and, you you know, stick with me. Stay with me and you, your time will be very well invested in the Aussie arm wrestler. Yeah, I did jump into that stream um, probably, I don't know, 10 times over the 24 hours. I didn't realize that you'd put out a link that you could actually join because I saw at the times that I looked, uh, it was probably, I don't know, three in the morning or something. And you had like 12 people sort of <laughs> all in yeah, the same time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a little, there was a little Jake in the corner and then there was like 12 other people all talking and uh but yeah you had a lot of people jump in i think the only difference between the first hour and the last hour uh in terms of your energy was just that your voice was all scratchy <laughs> yeah yeah i think the voice was scratchy my eyes were probably baggy you know my wife was massaging my feet and bringing me meals off camera i had a mate like he would send uber eats to me <laughs> so every everyone was awesome but you know it was the uh wherever you sat you know on the totem pole so like with the elites they were like yeah okay he's not just he he is in this sport balls to the wall he's in he he's he's with us he's he's one of us all right we'll back him you've won us over for you know people at the bottom it was a chance i was putting it out there for a chance to get yourself over because that's how I that's that's what it did for me. So Gary Roberts from Arm TV was raising money for Derek Smith and he did a New Year's Eve podcast. Now that ended up being 22 hours or something, 
but they stayed live until they reached the monetary goal. And I was watching it and I'm seeing these people jump on. And then I saw a few people jump on and I was like, I am more entertaining than them. I am better than them. I was getting angry with my wife. And she's like, settle down. Do you want to name names here? Or or this is just like (laughs) some of the people. (laughs) There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. (laughs) All of them. Every one of them. I'm the best. Well, it was more, it was more, okay, you've invited them on. They're a name. I get it. You're talking. Oh, yeah, okay. And then you've invited them on? Mm. Like, really? And I kept checking my phone and I was, like, getting angry with my wife. Why haven't they asked me to come on? So then, once again, don't wait for it. Go and create it. So I messaged Uncle John, who was the co-host at the time. And I said, mate. Get me on. If you mm-hmm. want to rest, get me on. I've got you. And he's he had watched what I'd done and he was a fan of it. And we've once again developed this awesome relationship. So he goes, I'll send you the link. There you go. And I jumped on for three hours, nailed it, and was invited <laughs> on to Arm TV every week ever since until Gary stopped. Uh, it made wow. me build relationships with other pullers and they're like, oh, I want to be on this guy's show. Oh, this guy's, oh, oh, thanks for getting all of us involved. And and suddenly I've, you know, you know, Monster Michael Todd would be on, but I'm making sure that this person that's a bit shy to speak gets their few questions in. And I'll, sh- once again, showing people I've got range, showing people I can go, showing people I'm not a one-trick pony. So then to my 24-hour one, People were coming on to support me, which was awesome, and, and come on and hopefully be on when one of the, the top-tier names were on. But I was also like, get your brand out there. Win win some people over and go, oh, oh, this guy's got a YouTube channel as well. Oh, I like him and, and things like that. So I wanted to also provide an opportunity, and I think that's what drives me to do another one. So, like, I don't want people coming on and just constantly flogging what they do. But you guys mm. being awesome uh, podcast hosts and, and knowing your stuff, we just need a bigger platform to, sh- to show it on. So, if I do another 24-hour one, well, it's like, hey, i got these guys from the Daily Combat podcast. you got to check them out. And then we're going back and forth like we are now. And it's like, oh, <laughs> I like the way they go about it. They, yeah, okay. I'm a, I'm a DCP fan. All right, rock on, and and that's what a big, um, like the the 24 hour thing. But if like, and I would kick you off if you were, if you didn't contribute to the podcast, I'll kick you off. I don't got enough time. I don't because I don't. Uh, it takes away people's TV time, like you said, Matt. Yeah. There's 12 screens, and only four people. <laughs> reading, well, it looks better. There's only four screens. So I'd be like, yeah. you got to go. Or if I, or if someone was coming on, because I had, I had my wife uh, come at one stage and I had this really drunk guy on and the nerves got the better of him. He was a fan and he didn't mean to come across the way he was. He was having too many and he never thought that he'd be on with like Rob Vigit Jr. and things like that. And me being me was like, all right. Hey mate, what do you think of of East versus West? And I would ask that person specifically, and he would answer. But then he was answering every question, yeah. being the first to answer every question, and he just got a bit of ahead of himself. So I kept watching the numbers, and I was like, 
if this guy's killing my numbers, then he's got to go. And my wife ran down and she's standing behind the camera. And she's like, you got to get him off. you got to get him off. The, <laughs> the, 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 the chat's going nuts. <laughs> yeah, but I was watching the chat and the numbers didn't drop and the chat was going flat out. So I was like, I'll leave him on, I'll leave him on. And then, yeah, in the end, I had to... I had to I had to get him off. I had to send him off. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be rude. There's one to other him. thing I wanted. Oh, sorry. You can t- I, yeah. You, you can tell people that are being can- like idiots, but he was just, I could tell he was just a fan that got ahead mm-hmm. of himself. So I messaged him privately. I said, man, you got to go. Just excuse yourself. Come back on later. And yeah, so mm-hmm. he was awesome. Nice. Uh, there, there was one other thing I wanted to, um, before we sort of get to the the end, show but i wanted to definitely cover and that was your marathon run right you did uh a an enormous trip running trip from where was it the top of australia to uh all the way down to melbourne or that it, it was uh, it was for charity you were raising money or it was- yeah so so i've done i've done three well, you were recording a podcast at the same time <laughs> wow uh well if i Next knew month. about if I knew about podcasts and and monetization and things like that, I would have. <laughs> well, I, I would have learned. Things would have been different. <laughs> well, I would have. Well, it would have just been more money raised. So, like a quick example, mm. I didn't realize that you needed ten thousand likes and particular watch time to get monetized on Facebook. Well, my charity page succeeded that, like uh, smashed yeah. it because, oh, and I was getting branched out to. 13, 14 different countries of people covering the run. And anytime I would put an update of the running, the views would skyrocket. So then if that made another 500, 2000, $3,000 for the charity, beautiful. So if I knew mm. what I knew now about the, the interwebs, yeah, it would have been much different, but yeah. So it what, what was the inspiration run, behind it? The, the run, what, what triggered that? Yeah. Family, family. So yep. I had, uh, you know, like most people, uh, touched by uh, cancer, uh, and in this particular one, breast cancer. Had a beautiful cousin, Samantha, uh, who passed away uh, when she was 31, just shortly after giving birth to her son, and she passed away. And uh, my auntie Vera on the other side of the family, uh, just one of the most oh, – bo- both of them, just two of the most happiest, genuine, fun-loving people. You know, I, I do get a little bit sad – um, that my uh, daughter will never meet them, you know, or even my wife never got to meet them. Like, oh, I love them. So then they they passed away and it was my mum. My mum started who's just, my mum's my hero. She's tattooed on my arm. I have nothing but good things to say about her. She's a jet. So she started doing fundraising. We'd have a fun day. We'd do auctions and raffles and, you know, your, your stock standard stuff. And mum did that for a few years and she was like, I'm getting tired. I can't do the I can't do the fundraising anymore. She raised a few thousand dollars. And, yeah, and then I was just like, I can do something. I'm a big personality. I'm an idiot. Let's utilise stupidity. Uh, let's think big and let's go there. So I was playing local footy and people, I wasn't fast, but people were like, man, you just don't stop running. You can just go. So I was like, okay, I've got something here. So my first run, I looked up marathons and that was 42Ks. And I was like, nah. 
look up ultra marathons and that was 100Ks. So I was like, oh, I'll go a little bit better. So I did 110Ks. <laughs> and I did 110Ks in just under 19 hours, just went all day around the surrounding cities. And the support was unreal. I couldn't believe it, mind blown. Whether it was strangers, whether it was friends and family, you know, um, so th- that was a huge success. So I thought, all right, let's go bigger. I'm going to go to the Sydney Opera House and I'm going to run home. So I leave for about 40 minutes southeast from Melbourne. And I'm like, I'm going to run home from the Sydney Opera House. 1,000 Ks, 16 days, let's go. So after the 2014, wow. the day after the 2014 AFL Grand Final, which I was there, uh, flew up to the Sydney Opera House, and I'm trickling home. And that destroyed my body. Didn't know much about the body. Didn't destroy it. But the help and support of strangers, the community, just anyone in general, for moments at a time, I could make you forget about things. You could be having a really bad day and people were looking forward to my Facebook updates, you know, and that was something that was pretty cool. So then I did the 1,000 Ks and I was going through a stage in my life because it had been a couple of years and I was like, something's missing. I tried to move overseas. I lasted six days. Government <laughs> six days. Yeah, it's not even a short holiday. <laughs> Mate, I'm like, I was telling everyone at footy, I said, guys, I'm, I'm out of here. Uh, I played footy. I was like, I leave. I'm going. Had the going away dinners that night. Thanks, guys. I don't know how long I'll be. I'm out of here. The day the next week. I'm I'm footy next week. I'm next week. <laughs> So, whilst I was in Canada, I got off and I flew to Toronto. Thought I'm going to live there, live out some dreams. Let's give it a go. And I got off, and I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. So, when the government were continually to push back my visa, I had a job lined up, and they weren't giving me a visa and everything. I wasn't too mad. I wasn't too angry. Yeah, I'd, I'd spent a lot of money, but it was just money, like, at the end of the day. So I was like, I'm not supposed to be here. And I just remember walking through a park in Toronto, and I started nodding, and I was like, yes, you idiot. You need to do another run. One more run. One more run. One just more. Just to you in the park. In just waltzing around while all my money's running out, contemplating which park bench I'm going to sleep on that night. Uh, yeah, so came came back and it was, yeah, it was funny. So then I picked where I was going to run home from, and that was the Gold Coast. So I'm going to run back from the Gold Coast home, 1,500 kilometres. And that felt 90% right. That felt 90% right. It's like, okay, yes. Yes, I'm supposed to do this run, but something else, something's just missing. And and I, and I reckon if things were flipped round within the three days, this interview would have been a hell of a lot different. Because three days later, went on my first date with my wife. And I was like, hmm. oh, if I went on this date <laughs> first, I probably wouldn't have done the run. But I'd already announced to everyone ah. that I'm doing the run. So you've got to go through with it. So, yeah, 1,500 kilometres. 
over 30 days. It was 50 Ks a day. The coldest day was 31 degrees. Two pairs of shoes melted. It was a, it, it went forever. Um, it was one of my, as dumb as it sounds, it was one of my favorite things that I've ever done in my life. Mm. Uh, I met some extraordinary people. I'd been to towns that you probably couldn't even find on a map. You know, the community was unreal. I was treated like a rock star in these little towns. Everything was amazing. It was on the news, I think, five times throughout the trip, which was pretty cool, even though the first time they got my name wrong, which was (laughs) one of the weirdest things. So if you've ever been interviewed like that, they... Ask for your name. Did they go with Jermaine? They called me Jake Jermaine. Jermaine Boom was doing a run. I wish they called me Jermaine Boom. But for some reason, they called me Jake Ryan. It was Jake Ryan, which is is ironic because that's one of my brother's names. And when you get interviewed, they're like, can you say your name and spell it out for me? Okay. J-A-K-E-W-A-R-D. So how the hell they got Jake Ryan, and that's that was my nickname for footy for the next two years. <laughs> the, the bastards down there, but yeah, it was one of the one of the best things I'd ever done. Uh, all the runs have been, you know, it's something not many other people have achieved. There, there are people that have gone out and done it, but to be able to change people's lives. Uh, in raising money for breast cancer awareness and breast cancer research to be able to change my wife's life. So two years ago, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and knowing that like some of the money that I had raised had gone to my wife's recovery. I could probably cry now talking about it. It was, Mm. it was something else. It was, yeah, that, that run is very, very, Hard to describe. It was when, you know, it, it could be a number. And so much was happening off camera, like behind the scenes, that I believe a lot of people would have given up. So, mm. like, there were stages where I was cutting holes in my shoes because my ankles and feet were swelling so bad they just weren't fitting in my shoes. I was injured wow. going into the run. So, I was just trying to trickle home. Uh, I mean, there's so much more, but some of the funny things were I would do an update throughout the day. Hey, everyone, um, 25Ks in. I'm in rock bottom, Idaho, nowhere. Uh, It's been really good. Can't wait to get into this town to have a feed. But I would literally be lying on the car and I'm like, I've got to make a video. And I would slowly, like like a zombie, drag myself up get my phone out the car, and it was like, three, two, one. Hey! Because I didn't want anyone to worry at home. I didn't want I didn't want my girlfriend at the time, who was now my wife, because I proposed at the finish line. I didn't want her to worry. I didn't want oh. my mum to worry. And I wanted everyone that was watching to be inspired. And if you weren't inspired to sit there and go, you know what, I can't, you know, I've... I don't want to send these 15 emails out, but here's buddy Jake running across the country. I can get these 15 mm. emails done. Oh, you know what? Oh, I can't be bothered going to the gym. Well, this crazy son of a gun, I'm going. I'm going to the gym. Mm. Or just show people that the average person 
can achieve phenomenal things. And I'm a huge, and, you know, I don't think I'm better than anyone else. Uh, you know, I just think, yeah, that, that if you really put your mindset in the right spot, you can achieve anything. And that's something that I've really tried to take with me my whole life. And I think it's stuff that has uh, helped my wife recover from cancer because she's exactly the same as me. We're just a couple of uh, positive peats, just always in the right headspace. You know, my wife finds out she's got cancer. She turns to me and goes, you have saved my life with all the runs that you've done. Thank you. And I'm like, shit. And then we go to a charity fundraiser that night instead of crying and dwelling. You know, we we cried. We You know, we did what we had to do. But, you know, the, the old school me would have gone to the pub 15 beers, get angry, probably punch a hole in the wall. But, you know, I've got this beautiful woman who's about to lose all of her long blonde hair and goes, you know what, you saved my life. And I turned to her and I said, nothing wrong will happen with you. We're going to be fine. And from there, that was the bar that we set and that's the bar that we set with anything that we that we do in life because we're not afraid uh, we're not afraid to fail. So, yeah, doing all those runs, I'm riddled with arthritis. I can't be a very good arm wrestler. It takes me four goes and seven grunts to get off the couch. But <laughs> I see these women recovering from cancer and not having, because, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, it was almost a death sentence. Now you got a lot better chance of of coming out the other end like a champ. And, 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 and my wife's one of them. And... It's uh, one of one of my yeah. Favorites. My wife is as well, mate. So thank you very much you for go. all your efforts in making something uh, making something happen that might not have otherwise happened. Yeah, and it's yeah. Thank thank you, and it's awesome to hear that about your wife. So and and it was awesome at the community. You know, I raised just over a hundred thousand dollars, and you know, I wasn't a celebrity or anything. I didn't rely on anyone. But the love and support, like this arm well, wrestling. Then. I mean, yeah. now though, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but even but even now, I, I rely on on the community to help me out at the moment, and that's what everyone did. They they backed their Aussie punter, and and off we went. And yeah, look, there was times during the run I got sad, and there's times now where I get sad because it doesn't matter how much money I raise, it doesn't matter how many bones I break or smash, you know, I can raise $10 million, $10 billion. I, I can't have a couple with my cousin. I can't have a beer with my auntie, you know. So those things sometimes play on my mind. But knowing Dave's wife, my wife, uh, someone in Brazil messaged me and saying my wife's fighting and she watches your videos every day uh, as inspiration to keep on going. It's like, yeah, it's very, very humbling is probably probably a, a huge word. Very humbling that this man, 40 minutes southeast from Melbourne, can make an impact on whatever he does. Mm. And, in, and in those moments where you're putting your body through that and, and especially after having had a couple of warm-up goes and that, and that third time, is there something that you learn about yourself that you didn't know before? Um, yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good question, Dave. Um, I, I, I want to say yes, but I always want to say no. So like 
always in the back of my mind, I knew, especially, you know, the darker days, the good days, the bad days or whatever, I always knew that if my mind's in the right spot, you will never give up. You will never tap out. Yeah, you'll Mm -hmm. never tap out. So, uh, yeah, well, one thing I may have learned that I can probably be in a good mood a lot more than being in a bad mood. You know, I'll spend 30 days on the road, I'm sore, I'm tired, but I can still treat people very nicely, you know, because there's a lot mm. of times where you're like, leave me alone, I'm sore. And it's like, well, no, just treat <laughs> treat people nicely. Oh, yep, I am the guy uh, running home. Cool. I'd love a beer. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, can I just sit, can we sit over here because these chairs are more comfortable and, and things like that. <laughs> But, yeah, um, it was just because I always knew uh, probably the one thing I I learned was I I didn't realise how far and wide I could reach from my house. I didn't realise that it was somewhere in South America they actually played me on one of their variety shows as a clip of the week, as in this this Australian guy's running such and such distance. Uh, to raise money for breast cancer. And they just showed me a little clip because someone messaged me. Um, yeah, so I learned you can really, yeah, really take your talents and, and learn that I would, oh, I didn't really, I always knew I wouldn't quit, but it was it never crossed my mind quitting. That was something I was pretty impressed about because when you're cutting holes in your shoes or you're lying in bed, you're sore, you're tired, you're falling asleep talking to your girlfriend who needs you at the time, and I needed her, which is my wife, and I'm falling asleep talking to her. So she's waited all day to talk to me, and this is all I give her. And then the the, the lady on the weather tells me it's another 35-degree day. <laughs> and it's day, it's day 7 of 30. So it's like not only do you have to get another 50 kilometres, you got to get through another couple of weekends and a couple of weeks mm. and things like that. And to once never think of... Pulling the pin was something that I was very impressed within myself. Mm-hmm. Well, certainly uh, spreading a message far and wide seems to have become your your thing. And as the <laughs> uh, as the channel continues to grow far and wide, and more and more people tune in, we very much hope. And I think if you do happen to land a big name sponsor, it's probably as a result of the Daily Combat podcast. Yeah, of course. I'd we'll like take 80%. Think, yeah. 80%? <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> better be a bloody big sponsorship. I'm about to have a I'm about to have a baby and you're trying to take food off the table, Matt. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, you're better than that. <laughs> I That's right. You could always go for another run. It'll be fine. Oh, <laughs> I, I can't even run a bath these days, let alone go for a run around Not the even park. a bubbly bath? Oh, a run bubble no. bath. A run bubble bath. <laughs> a run bubble bath. They might, yeah. I've got. I need both hips replaced. I need a clean out in my left knee. I've got arthritis uh, in my hands, in my hips, and it's slowly uh, coming into my feet. Um, I have a shoehorn at thirty-seven years old. Sometimes my <laughs> wife puts my shoes on, uh, even though she's the heavily pregnant one. She's sometimes giving me a nudge to help me off the couch. I don't sleep. <laughs> I probably sleep at collectively two and a half hours a night because I, mm. I, in the last 10 years, I've never sat on a couch or lied in a bed comfortably. You know, when you just yeah. have that bad day and you're just like, ah, 
Yeah, mm. I haven't had that in about 10 years. Uh, mm. So, yeah. So, but once again, as mentioning before, if your mindset's in the right spot, you know, I'm a happy guy. I'm a very happy guy. Not many people fall in love on the first day. Not many people uh, have had an argument. That was argument. the first time you arm wrestled? Yeah. <laughs> first time I arm wrestled, I'd never trained. Well, we. Was that an interesting <laughs> tournament? So I was working in disability at the time. Did that for 11 years and I was doing an active night. So an active night, you have to stay awake all night. And it got to about two in the morning and that's the arm wrestling brain started tickling. And I was like, oh, I just, I wonder if there's any arm wrestling tournaments around. Because I knew, I didn't know how long, but I knew my footy career was finishing and I always want to compete. So I was like, so I just typed in, where's the arm wrestling tournament in Victoria? And one started in 10 hours or 12 hours. So <laughs> I rang my brother and said, hey, mate, we're going to this arm wrestling tournament. We're going to compete tomorrow. It's a WAL qualifier. We're pulling. <laughs> Off we go. Uh, and I rang my cousin. He didn't want to compete. But he goes, I'll come have a few beers and watch. So my cousin, uh, he came and we turned up and not knowing the the <laughs> rank and everything. So I went and weighed myself at 2 o'clock in the morning and I was 94.5 kilos and the division was 95 and under. So I thought, beauty, I'm kosher. I won't eat anything. I'll go to the toilet. That'll be fine. Come waltzing up to the tournament. Take my kid off. I'm 96.1. No. Uh... So oh, you're in the heavyweights. Yeah, so I'm in the heavyweight division and not knowing <laughs> what I know now uh, about the way the brackets work and I'm watching and this person and this person go and I'm looking at this dude over in the corner. I was like, please don't let my first match be with this guy. Please don't let my first match. Anyway, <laughs> the, the thing I just go, then the next two people go and the next two people go and he's still standing in the corner. And it was none other than Brett Coots. He was the oh, first person. Man. Now, for those <laughs> that don't know, Brett Coots was uh, ranked very heavily in the world, multiple national champion, chiseled from stone. Does not have one ounce of body fat on him, just chiseled, rock solid. Won the uh, won the left arm over the top in the ninety fives, and yeah, he was awesome. He was great. And I stood like a foot from the table. I thought you just give it from there. I did not know arm wrestling. I just enjoyed the sport. I did not know what you had to do. So he let me hit and he's like, and he just looked at me. He goes, I'm going to just bring you down here. And yeah, I reckon. <laughs> it was nice. I reckon, it. Yeah. Wet, wet spaghetti noodles would have put up more of a fight than I did. <laughs> yeah. That was my first tournament. I've still got the, the footage. But once again, almost like an audition, if that community weren't so good to me that day, because you can turn up to gyms and you see the skinny guy on the weights and you you ignore him, or you can turn up to a boxing gym and if someone's getting punched all over the shop, you leave them alone, or the crap players at footy, you know, don't tend to have a lot of mates if you're not good at footy. Where the arm wrestling community were like, oh, in your next match, try this and and, and try that. And, and you know, I'm sitting, you know, some of the guys who are now my friends now. Because I, I took two years off after that 
finish my footy career and come back and they're like, recover. hey, <laughs> you were, you were, yeah, to recover. Yeah. And they're like, you were at the WAL event. You were at WA event. And now. You're the guy that almost beat so, Brett Coots. Yeah. <laughs> I, I nudged him. I nudged him. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that, that community was awesome. So, and I was like, okay, this will be the next sport uh, I go into. So now when, when I first turned up, to the house of pain and not many people wanted to train with me, but these other guys remembered me. Well, they're the ones reaping the benefits of what I do. I'm a very, I remember everything and I'm a very, I believe I'm a very loyal person. So if you were there when I was spaghetti arms and gave me table time or helped me out in that tournament and didn't see me for two years, but then still treated me like I came to training the week after and not have two years off, and you still treated me like a club member. Yeah, I remember that. I remember things like that. Uh, if you were subscribed to the channel, or if you knew about the channel but didn't subscribe till 2,000 people in, I'm not in a hurry to read your comments on my live show. I'm not in a hurry to help you out and get you on my show. But you were there <laughs> when 10 people were watching. Cool. I'll keep an eye out for you. You want to come on the show? Absolutely. You help, you help me out. You know, you were you were well, there. I kind of I... feel like we're the we are the spaghetti arms of podcasting. So we, we certainly appreciate you coming on to our, yeah. our podcast here today, Jake. So Jake, um, if people do want to follow you, uh, I'm, I'm guessing anybody who's watched this long into the podcast now is going to be a massive fan of yours. So uh, if they don't already know where to go, where, where can they find out more on Instagram, YouTube? Where can they get you, mate? Yeah, so I'm only I'm only on the three. I'm 37, man. Social media is hard. It takes up so much time. But you just go to YouTube and type in Aussie Arm Wrestler. And uh, for your international audience, it's a double S. Not a double Z. Some people are messaging <laughs> me. They go, I can't find you because of the way we say it. We say Aussie. Uh, Aussie yeah. arm wrestler. And that's the same everywhere. Just type that in to Facebook. Type that into Instagram. And uh, I guarantee you, I'm the u- most unique and entertaining way to watch the sport of arm wrestling. That's why you should subscribe to my channel. That and and check out uh, the the live streams of uh, all of the combat sports that are that are appearing on the yeah. on the channel now as well. So uh, I, I reckon I've tuned into uh, at least one fight, and uh, I didn't have any access to it or anything like that. But uh, I I listened to it like it, it, I, I was had my ears to the wireless, like it was the Painted first the test of the Bodyline series. It was uh, <laughs> it was fantastic, mate. So uh, uh, thanks so much for joining us again on the podcast, uh, and ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together one more time for Jake. Aussie arm wrestler ward. No, thanks for having me, guys. It's a damn crime, damn crime. Quickly, <laughs> not 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 uh, not enough people watch and support this show. I I am a fan, so I'm very happy to be on the show. Oh, thank you very much, mate. We appreciate it, and uh, at least we got uh, one view for this week. Out there. So, <laughs> thank you very much, mate. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to. Uh, well, hopefully, we can do all of this again and uh, talk about all ranges of uh, arm wrestling subjects in the not too distant future, mate. Just name me a time. Awesome, mate. Thank you very much again. <laughs>